Oi, you lot, you're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 59. Tonight, the Monlings have Jake Murphy on from the south side of Chicago, coming on to talk about the Chicago Civil War, where the north fought the south. We'll see if the South was able to rise this time. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. This is the versus best combination of kielbasa, kimchi, and corn with a K. He's David Whitek. That's right. That's me. Oh, you said my name. No, I can't. No, I'm not. I'm Abraham Lincoln. I'm Abraham Lincoln. Hi, Gettysburg. I'm Skim Stevenson. I'm Abraham Lincoln. I'm Tor Johnson. Ten o'clock. Time, Time to go to bed. bed. The cook. Kielbasa and kimchi. Well, I couldn't. I, I'm trying to That's think of fantastic. things with a K. No, that corn with a K. And corn with a K. Great. Or kraut. We eat a lot of sauerkraut as Eastern Europeans. And isn't kimchi a lot of sauerkraut too, or something like that? It's uh, pickled cabbage. Oh, cabbage. It's, it's, it tastes kind of like sauerkraut. Well, sauerkraut is cabbage too, so there you go. Yeah. And I'm Chris Yu. He is. He is the one, the only, the Yu Tang. Yu Tang. As always. We need to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, Game Preserve Stores in West Lafayette, Indiana, Ursa's Den Custom Painting and Sculpting, and Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. All right. So what's shaking? What's new? I don't know. We got some shout-outs. Shout-outs? Yes, we have two, actually. Now, how did we get these shout-outs? Well, one was a fantastic, wonderful uh, shout We were at the uh, Civil War down sure. at the Battle Bunker, Bunker, and our friend of the show, Ed Carpenter, showed up. He knew we were going to be there, showed up, said hi. Oh, cool. I don't and, think I met Ed, did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And yeah, says, yeah, yeah. Uh, and his, his shout-out, he said, just shout-out to yourselves because you're doing such a great job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, it's, I, felt, I felt stupid doing it then, and I feel stupid doing it now. <laughs> well, I, so, good job, David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I basically told him, I said, no, 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 no. So I told him, uh, I'm like, no, the shout-out is for Ed. You know, if he because he's he's helped. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. He's sponsoring the show, so thanks to Ed, thanks Ed for being a being a supporter uh, and a fan of the show. Um, he's the reason. You know, he's one of the reasons that we're able to do the show. So for the fans, yeah. So Ed, thank you a ton for doing another shout out sponsorship, and uh, we have a second shout out sponsorship. This one happened a little differently. Uh, Ryan Taylor, RT Gamer sure, on the forums, Colorado. and uh, yeah, he. Uh, well, you know, he's on Twitter, and he's like, okay, guys, seriously, I need to unload some of this Dark uh, dark Vengeance stuff. He had the Dark Angels, half of the Dark Vengeance stuff. Mm. And uh, he's like, come on, anybody, 33 bucks. I, I, I got to get rid of it. So I sent him a private message and said, anybody take you up on that yet? Because it was a few hours. I was like, nope. I'm like, I'll take you up on that. Whatever. I could use a few. I mean, I got the half set. Now I got a full set. So full there's set of Dark to, Angels. Yeah, I mean, that's so the faction you didn't like. I thought. I, I well, the the models look good, and it, okay. it's, it, it'll be good. It's a nice practice army. If we want to start practicing and learn to ah, play a so little bit of six expendable that. fodder, you can just throw out there well, and get wasted. You know, well, a double set like that. I mean, I'm figuring it'll be enough to build a decent, just a decent size to sure. play some practice games and stuff. Um, and he said, "I tell you what, thirty bucks, and I'll pay for shipping if it's thirty bucks and a shout out." So hmm. <laughs> I said, "Deal." Nice. <laughs> So here's uh, here's here's Ryan's shout out uh, 
First off, great episodes recently. I've been enjoying them greatly. Currently, this podcast is the wow. number one Warhammer podcast to listen to. That's right. Quality. <laughs> I, and, and, and quantity. And quantity. <laughs> so you're the quality, and I'm the quantity. I think that's what it is. I'm the quality? Well, you're like the intelligent one who has all the strategy and wow, tactics. I'm someone. And I'm the 300 pounds of heavenly joy, so... <laughs> Uh, let's see. I actually look forward to seeing another three hours of garage, pronounced garage, goodness on podcast feed. So the reason for this shout out is to make people aware that Durango Diceworks is putting on its first two day event in March 2013. Lost Souls is a five round, 2400 point tournament that uses a slightly modified Bits Rules pack. Wow. Yeah. People are using the Bits pack. Yeah. Well, it's not too hard to write. No comp. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, if you like the no comp, it's a good pack. Um, and, heck, I love it. So mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, we're looking to fill up spots quickly so we can secure a bigger venue if demand requires it. And we're looking to make this a regular feature here in southwest Colorado. Here's the details. March 16th and 17, 2013, Durango Game Space in Durango, Colorado. $35 registration till November 30th. $45 registration after November 30th. For more information, please email tournament at lostsouls2013.com and check out the website www.lostsouls2013.com. Good so, stuff. Colorado listeners, get to the tournament. Lost Souls. Well, thanks, Ryan, for the great shout-out. And I took a look at their website, and it's very professional, very clean, very well put together. Oh, I forgot. That's right. You do a lot of that website-y stuff, so. Uh, A little bit here and there, but uh, yeah. I kind of helped put together the Garage Hammer one. Actually, I did put it together initially and got it going and then realized I had no idea what I was doing. And that's when we got Daniel. The elf. The wizard. Yes. Well, he Is he a wizard elf? Yeah, I think so. He's an elvish wizard. uh, Chaotic neutral, I think. Chaotic neutral. Huh. Okay. Very cool. Well, if people want to leave shout-outs, how can they do that? Oh, well, if you want to leave your own shout-out, and actually, uh, Ryan did record the shout-out, but he was worried that with his bit of his accent that uh, ah. that people wouldn't understand it, so I read it, but I am going to download it. What kind of accent does he have? It's a bit Scottish. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, what's he doing in Colorado? They don't allow Scotsmen in Colorado. Well, I'm just asking. It just seems like a you know, it's like someone a Colorado guy ending up out in Scotland. You don't well, see I that will, every day. I, I I will tell you when I played him in Blood Bowl yesterday, the accent threw me for a second. Mm. So uh, interesting. Well, if people do want to leave shoutouts, they can call us on our Garage Hammer voicemail. Yes, Garage Hammer voicemail. Tell me about voicemail. We have voicemail. All right. There you go. And that number is? 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Call now. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Don't delay. Call now. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That number, once again, is 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Operators are standing by. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the master engineer's recording right. is standing oh, by. Oh, did you actually record a greeting? Oh, yeah. There's always been a oh, greeting yeah? on it. Okay, yeah, it's the master cool. engineer. <laughs> I forget. He said something offensive, when, when did you I think. do that? When did I do that? Yeah. I had him do it when we set up the voicemail. It's always been there. <laughs> I thought I could get you, but... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I got him I to do I think we it. all know. Let's open our hearts to the truth here. I think we all know... What? That Master Engineer and David Whitech are one and the same. That's not possible. We, how is it not possible? Because I am one person, and the Master Engineer is a different person. It's called multiple di- personality disorder. I, th- okay. 
if I had multiple personality disorder, I suppose my other personality would be a dwarf. <laughs> I think it's horrible that you I keep almost denying got his you. existence. I almost I got you. I think it's horrible that you deny his existence. Anyway. He's going to get mad when you know he's going to start picking on you next. No, I acknowledge his existence. In fact, dude, it's wait a minute, you. wait a minute. Let's back up a second. Last episode, if you remember, if you listened to the beginning, there was a definite argument going on, and we were shouting over one another. That couldn't happen if I was both of us. You unless- just you were talking to yourselves, and you were doing some funky thing with echoes and oh yeah, and miming yeah, so. and miming. <laughs> It's. I actually. I'm a mutant. I have double set of vocal cords, and I've learned to speak for two Ooh, people the at the same of chaos. time. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, what the hell is going on? We need a commercial break, and we need it bad. Yes, we do. We'll be right back. All right. Back. So yeah, folks, we'll be back. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the jerk store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. Welcome back to the garage, you tools. I was thinking we may have to go onto the uh, onto the forums, and you know the little ranks: the apprentice, engineer, engineer adept. Toolify those. Yeah, it'd be like a basic tool, sure. quality tool. Basic, basic nuts and bolts. Yeah, to start with. Maybe you maybe you graduate to hammer. Sure, and then eventually you'll just be like you that know jackhammer. Yeah, the tool of all trades, something like that. You know, steam drill. Yeah, another one, <laughs> something up there. <laughs> so, uh, okay, let's let's take my delusions of grandeur down a notch here and uh, move <laughs> along to our our news and rumors section. Now, uh, Chris, and thank you for finding some of this. I am so bad at finding all the news and rumors. I just don't troll all the forums. I admit it. I'm really bad. Like. I would love to be on about six or seven more forums, and I am just too damned lazy. Well, aside from Garage Hammer, the forum that you can go to is IWFB.org. Okay. Uh, Illinois Warhammer Fantasy Battles for the state uh, that has the best Warhammer Fantasy players in the Midwest. I would say just probably the best players in the country. In the universe? Possibly the world. In all, in all the dimensions? I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. Because you never know when a space marine might land on our planet and tell <laughs> right. us we've been... Missing, and yeah. I'm certain the Emperor can play better than I can. Well, I found this next batch of rumors on that site, so we'll just dive in. So apparently, November 1st or thereabouts, uh, their White Dwarf is releasing a new wave of miniatures for Warriors of Chaos. 
Now, I haven't seen any pictures of these, but these are supposedly including a war shrine. Oh, so the November issue of White Dwarf, White Dwarf. will have the new yeah. stuff with the yeah. rules, and then... And the, uh, I think pictures of these miniatures. Although, this rumor is saying that these miniatures will be released November 1st, so we'll see. But that's including a war shrine, a new dragon ogre, a new chaos lord, skull crushers. I'm not familiar with Skull crushers are. Uh, it sounds new to That's me. Different from blood crushers. Yeah, sounds uh, new to me. And hell striders. Oh, you know what? A skull crushers could be. I mean, it, I'm, and I'm saying it's a could be because I, I heard they're going to be there's going to be warriors of cash riding basically blood crushers like monstrous cavalry. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool. So that's uh, rumor number one. After that, can I just say I really doubt. I, I'm, I'm guessing November third. They've been releasing their stuff on the first Saturday of the month. November 1st is a Thursday. Oh, okay. Well, if it's the first or third. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in that area. After Warriors of Chaos in the, the White Dwarf, uh, they're supposed to do Deems of Chaos in the January-February time frame. And that's supposed to include, let's see, a corn chariot slash cannon. So similar to the Abomination, or not the Abomination, the Screaming Bell uh, oh, cool. Plague Furnace type thing. You do nice. either kit. This one is pretty cool. Nurgle Fly Riders. No way. Yeah. Which I can only imagine how those would look, but that sounds really well, I'm awesome. glad I didn't sell my Warriors Chaos models. Uh, then they have... Well, these are for demons. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I totally yeah. got sidetracked there. Yeah. Uh, after that, a, a, a Zinch Chariot. Oh, Which would be nice. pretty cool. Not to be confused with the Selenish Chariots that they just released. Uh, and then so then these books for both... Um, 40k and fantasy demons would then come out. So this is all happening in January, February of 2013. Shortly after that, we're looking at the official Warriors of Chaos book release with uh, a second wave of miniatures shortly thereafterwards. So that's, that puts us in the February time frame. And then lastly, uh, High Elves are rumored to be re- released in the first half sometime in 2013. All right. So we'll see what that brings us. That's right, because of all the elves that need it, Let's get that High Elf book out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they do need it. I think they need it. Yeah. I just know that there's people out there right now who are going, what about the Wood Elves? Yeah. Eh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> eh. Just take more Treekin and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll get their book. Yeah. But, now, I've actually heard a weird rumor that really shortly you're gonna we're going to get the uh, we're going to get the Dark Angels book for 40K, like in a month or two. Well, they're churning them out. Because their book is really old, and they're in the new box set, and they've got new stuff uh, so in there. time. Yeah, but still, I mean, mm-hmm. the the rules come out in July. Mm-hmm. Chaos book comes out in September. Right. Or no, beginning of October. And like November, December, a, a, another code, another codex? Damn. Got to keep the company profitable, keep the shareholders happy. Yeah, make all that money off that so that they could afford to pay somebody to do my goddamn vampires. Well, those are supposedly in the works. Yeah. Uh, I guess they're being translated is the latest. Yeah, I think I think Greg was pulling my chain just to <laughs> just to, <laughs> just to shut me up on Twitter. Well, hopefully no, I'm sure he wouldn't be. <laughs> well, hopefully by the time our listeners hear this, hopefully those VC FAQs will be out. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, I'm kind of liking the I – I finally got the new White Dwarf. Okay. So it's another thing where after they the rules are after they ship it if you don't have it by the following like Saturday you can call on that Monday so like they ship them on the Friday mm. if I don't have them within eight days I can call that following Monday and be like I didn't get mine they'll ship me a new one hmm. so I called them and they sure. 
And they, they shipped did it. Did they overnight you a new one? No, I but I had it like Wednesday or Thursday. I think I called Monday night. I had it Thursday. Okay? All right. And now this was like two weeks ago. In fact, I got it and I read it like two days before we recorded the last episode. So it was about 10 days ago. Sure. Then like Monday. Your original one arrived? The original one arrived. Hmm. Like a week after the one that they shipped because it wasn't. And I know... That that was the one because the, when they ship it, it comes that plastic wrap. Yeah. When they ship it because you didn't get yours, it comes in a yellow manila padded envelope. Oh, well, is it the same shipping? Maybe they they expedite the shipping to get the second one to you. I don't know, but it still shouldn't take. I mean, it seemed like regular shipping to me. I mean, it wasn't marked overnight or right. two day. It was just in the mail. Huh. So, but I got. I do like the new. Everyone's talked about it, so I won't go into it. But the new white dwarf was good. I'm actually looking forward to seeing. What the, you know, the new rules coming out with these new rules. I like this idea of we're going to have a book in a few months. Here's a couple of the new here's things. A, here's a little taste. Yeah, we got like a couple that. of new things. Yeah. We got models ready. Buy them. Start playing your warriors again. Mm-hmm. Start building up what you can do. And also this way, when they hit you with six new models, you've already got two of them. Sure. Or three of them. And you've already integrated them a bit into your army. And so then when you get the new book, first of all, you don't have to, you don't have to buy as much. And you can still have just about everything on the day the new book's released. Cause well, it makes it a viable done. supplement. Not, yeah. Not just an ad sheet, but... Yeah. No, I, I, I like... Something of substance. I like it. So, I do, too. Um, but speaking of all that Nurgle stuff, uh, I was looking on Avatars of War, and I know it's not very new, but the Corruptors of Apocalypse, which is like their little... You know, they have their lines of their new models are coming mm-hmm. out, and uh, the Corruptors of Apocalypse basically look like Nurgle... Warriors, it's thirty euros for twenty, so it ends up being about forty bucks for twenty of them. Man, those are nice. Those are really nice. Now, I saw those. I didn't think Nurgle. To me, they look look more like Chosen. But I suppose either way. Well, the 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 guy with it when when I looked at it, it had the three things up there. It had the Corruptors of Apocalypse, the Corruptors Command, and if you look, everything is pitted and falling apart on their oh, armor. Okay, and then their their champion, like the hero guy you can take for them, is the mm-hmm. champion of Pestilence. Oh, so obvious so, Nurgle reference. There. Yeah. So uh, I was looking at it, and I really liked it. Um, I, you know, I hope those miniatures are so good, the, the units, even the individual characters, but I hope they get around to eventually doing units for all races. I mean, these guys look great. Yeah. Their dwarves look amazing. Those those dwarf, uh, what they call them, the berserkers, they're, they're gorgeous. They look so nice. I mean, as good as dwarves can look, I suppose. Yeah, looking ass. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the tabletop. <laughs> uh, but uh, now I fa- I saw something today, and this literally came today. Somebody had posted uh, on the What's New Today uh, or White Dwarf Daily. Mm-hmm. They had uh, the pictures of someone's army, and it was all goblins with a lot of uh, squigs. Okay, and then all these pictures of squigs. Now I heard, oh, squigs are coming, so I went to I automatically went to you know pre order. Yeah, oh, they got new squig stuff because you, you know. No, oh. there was just in the picture of someone's army, and I was like, "Ah, oh, oh, what a tease!" You're teasing me. I was like, "What, really?" New I was all excited. I was ready to call you, like at like seven thirty in the morning. I was going to text you. I was Check ready out. to jump out of my shoes just then. Uh, but at the very bottom of the daily, they said, "Oh, and here's a little blip," and it was, uh, it was the talisman game for the computer. Ah, and so I, I I copied down what it said here. If you go to talisman hyphen game dot com. It's called the Talisman Prologue, where the magical quest begins. Now, this is what the blurb said. I just typed it out word for word. 
At last, the superb fantasy adventure board game that is Talisman makes it into the domain of the video game. The first release is called Talisman Prologue, a version based on the full rule set that is designed to let solo players quickly explore the nature of each character and the board itself in a series of challenging quests. Nomad Games Limited has secured the rights from Games Workshop to develop Talisman specifically for play on digital and connected game devices. We will be revealing more about Talisman Prologue here in the coming weeks and our plans for the future of this great game. Uh, now, they, it, there's two versions you could buy. Standard, mm-hmm. which comes with the full game when it's released, the beta version to play now, a Windows Dex- desktop theme, digital soundtrack from the game, and forum access. And that's all for 10 bucks. It's pretty good. Or £5.99. They, and they listed them actually as both. Now, in the deluxe version, I read through it. The deluxe version is everything from the standard set, plus your name in the credits as a special thank you. And that's 100 bucks or £59.99. Wow. I'm thinking I'll save the 90 bucks. They don't have to thank me. I'll just pick up the... De- well, <laughs> if you want to have your name immortalized in the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? So, uh... <laughs> You're not buying it. <laughs> no. But uh, I just thought it was kind of cool that they're going to have a talisman little computer game. And, you you know, right now it's like looks like solo mm-hmm. stuff to get used to the characters and stuff. But it's going to be based on the full game. And I'm wondering how much of that, like when they say the full game, like if the little expansions for the, for the corner boards and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I remember playing second edition talisman, which I still think is the best talisman. And my friend Tom Foley had it. And he had the dungeon underneath and he had the what the castle or whatever the or the the little city the market they went in a corner and there was another corner that if you stepped off there there was another little board that you went out into space and it was like the space board it was called the warp and i knew nothing about this at the time i didn't even know it was connected cool. to games workshop hmm. but you know when you get the expansions you would get more little characters and one of the characters from the world was a space marine wow that you could play with your talisman game but talisman is set in a fantasy yeah Setting. But they put all these little expansions out there. Well, they put out in space. I didn't know what the hell a space cool. marine was. Yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I wonder how that would work. Does he show up with a bolter and he only has so many rounds of ammunition? I'm just assuming or, that he had a chain sword. That's still pretty good. Even a marine just yeah. himself genetically well, I'm is cert- so superior. Well, I mean, if you've played Talisman, it's just a, a couple of basic stats. I'm sure, sure they didn't sure. make him as good as a real space marine. But there was just, I mean, they had all these different cool boards and i might have the names wrong or something like that but i just remember loving to play it with all those expansions and now it's pretty much just roll a six you know hmm. the new versions have way, been made may, way simpler harrison's oh, his friends used to play it a bit when i got when we got fourth edition he plays it it's okay. fun what Revi- yeah revised fourth edition it's fun but uh it looks cool i never played it but it does look cool yeah it's a fun game but the like i said i just i just read this today so i think i'm the first to Say anything about it, so there you go. Nice, real trailblazer, you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet you it'll be on Bad Dice Daily before this airs, anyway. So, uh, well, uh, I got no other news. That's all the news for me. Yeah. So, um, why don't we take another quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll have the toolbox. Sounds good. Excellent. Chaos Rock Superstore. 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 Chaos
That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. All right, all you tools, now it's time for a little bit of the Circle City Circuit update. We haven't done this in a little while, but we have... Lizard Man Jeff himself on Jeff. Welcome, welcome to the show, Lizard Man Jeff. Thanks for having me back, guys. Sure, good to have you. So, what's new with the circuit? Uh, well, we're, we've just finished up the first round last month, and we actually we've made some really big changes to the circuit. So uh, this year, we're actually we've moved to a four round schedule instead of a six round. Uh, that was partially due because you know, I'm a new parent now and just don't oh. really have the time to, to do the whole six round. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I'm of the opinion that caring for a newborn uh, renders new parents temporarily insane, and I'm experiencing that myself. So uh, if there's nothing temporary about it. You're going to be <laughs> nuts for years, and then, and then you'll raise them, and then they'll get a little older, and then tell you you're a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Mine oh, already wow, tell me that, and the oldest is only 11. Wait till he's 16. You're giving me something to look forward to. <laughs> oh, sure. Are you kidding? You're going to devote the next 18 years of your life to a kid who's going to hate you for at least four or five of them. Uh, well, hopefully it works out in the end. <laughs> that, that's so, being so, a yeah, teenager. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> so you went from six rounds. Now, the old one, you got judged on your best four rounds, almost almost kind of like Rankings HQ, your best four tourneys. Right. Yeah, so yeah. You went with your best four out of six, so if you could show up to at least four, you had a good chance. But now, are you still judging it on four tournaments? Uh, it's going to be three out of four now, so you can still miss one, but uh, we, we take your best three. Okay. And has, have the players uh, reacted well to that change? Uh, yeah, actually, we, we've had some pretty good uh, reactions to it. And, you know, six months, uh, it doesn't look that long on paper, but once you're playing it, it kind of drags that out a little bit. And we, we've been getting a good re- reaction to the four rounds. People seem more excited that it's going to be over a little bit quicker and we're able to, to run through things a little more. And we've actually been considering maybe running like a summer and a winter uh, circuit since we're doing cool. the, the shorter leagues now. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that, that works out after we get through this this uh, whole season three and we get some more feedback on that. Summer league and then a winter league, and then it'll have, he'll have, uh, he'll, it'll start franchising it. There'll be the the Circle City Circuit Indiana. We'll have one in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Well, Minor leagues and yeah. affiliates. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And we've actually had a few players that have started playing 6th edition 40K, so we, we may even have a uh, fantasy and uh, 40K league as well. It's like American Ooh. League and National League. Yeah. <laughs> if only we could play each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be fun. A little mismatch there. The Wood Elves against the Space Marines, that'll be it. <laughs> uh, I wonder who wins that. <laughs> oh, so listen, I, I, I but it's still, what's the... What are your basic tournament rules going in here? Just remind the, remind the listeners. You're, it's uh, is it two thousand points? 
Uh, well, each each tournament is different. Um, okay. The last one was a doubles tournament. It was a 1K per player pre-planned uh, teams doubles, and uh, I, we really like that event because it really gets the players talking to each other and coming together, and everybody gets really excited about that. Now, that was the September um, one, right? Uh, yes. Okay. And then this upcoming one is going to be 2500 And actually, we, we've been not releasing the exact points values uh, until about a month before. But since season or uh, round three is coming up, that's going to be a 1K plus a free chariot. Or I'm sorry, 2K plus a free chariot. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we've been doing is uh, participation this year uh, is out of five points. And um, let me see here. Those the fifth point on that is always going to be a round-specific one. So we, we've been getting players to try to do more conversions for their army. So the upcoming one is going to be the pocket fence, and players who convert a fence to match their army theme get the round point and a special ability on their pocket fence as well. Interesting. So VC players out there, convert those ghost fences. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Free chariot. I've never heard of that one. That's an interesting bit of flavor. Yeah, and, and for that, uh, we, we know, you know, Warhammer is not cheap. So one thing we've been trying to utilize the prize support more is uh, to give our players a chance to make those conversions that they might not normally be able to do. So during round two, we've actually got 18 boxes of chariots that uh, wow. GW has given to us, and oh, our geez. players are going to be able to uh, get some clippers and go at those to, to get all the bits they need to convert up those chariots Very for round cool. three. That's awesome. So when is the next round? Yeah, we're really round? excited about that. When is, uh, when's the uh, second round going on? Oh, that's going to be uh, 10-27 next weekend. Okay. And then round three is going to be November 10th. And then the round after that, the final round for the season, is going to be uh, December 8th. So we're trying to avoid the holiday uh, seasons right. with, uh, okay. with all those rounds. So this is going to hit on the 25th. So it'll be two days before the October one. So, folks, you'll still have time if you're in local to get in for the November 10th one. And then uh, we'll talk to you right before that one again to get the update on how this one went. So make sure you got all those winners' names there so we could give them a shout-out. Will do. Will do. <laughs> Actually, uh, we, we had team names from, from the last tournament, and uh, the, the the team that won was technically called It's Not a Cult Mom, but in the end we started calling them Team Steamroller because they just rolled over all uh-huh. of their their opponents there. So how many teams do you have, and how big do the teams average? Uh, well, it's it's two players per team. Uh, oh, okay. So this was at the, the Northside Game Preserve, and they haven't got the uh, the biggest play area, so that's why we did the doubles there. Oh, but we had um, eight teams that showed up, so 16 players total. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I still think the best team name was the last team that Grant and I played last year at Adepticon, which was? Off in the shower. <laughs> Because he said that if we won, then we could say we beat them. Oh. <laughs> you mean they defeated you? Wah, yeah. wah, wah. <laughs> hey, I didn't make it up. I thought it was clever, too. But notice I, I avoided actually putting all the parts together. I'll let you do that on your Just own. Let us do that for you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so, Jeff, what's, what else is going on with you, man? I mean, you got the tournament going. You got uh, the, the circuit is in full swing. You got a new baby. Are you getting any game or hobby time in? Uh, gaming time, absolutely not. Uh, I'm, I'm basically after work, it's come home and, and it's baby time until we go to bed. But uh, hobby time, 
I, at work, I've been managing to, to fit in about half an hour on my lunch break to, to start nice. painting, which nice. is basically the only time I'm able to do any sort of painting. So I've been working on these Temple God, which are just driving me crazy. They're taking really long to finish, but they're starting to get into the home stretch. So uh, after I finish those, I'm finally going to be able to start painting on my skinkadons that I've been converting up. Now, skinkadons. If anybody oh. doesn't know what he's talking about, you need to go either onto the forums or join the Garage Hammer forums and look under the painting and modeling section and look for Lizardman Jeff's blog. He has done some of the greatest. I mean, his conversions are really just top notch, and they're really that flattery gets you everywhere, dude. Yeah. Dude, I'm not. I'm. You know, I mean, honestly, I, I've posted on the forums. I'm looking at this stuff, and it's just. It's really clever, the ideas he's gotten. I mean, these skinks with these, he's, he's built these basically like, almost like they're wearing capes. And he's got all these feathers put into it. Like they've got wow. these big feathered capes. I don't think yeah, I've seen that yet. I'll have to check oh, that out. It's really nice. I like them a lot, man. I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased with the, the way those came out. But while, while you're on that website, check out all, all of the paint blogs there. Everybody's got some great stuff up there. Except me, because I'm too damn lazy to get the camera well, down when I'm working. I well, always thought the show, Dave, so that, that, that counts as your hobby. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting out that easy. Uh, see? There you go. I had one. I, I thought I was getting out, but I ain't. Um, well, yeah. it's good that you're getting at least a half hour every day. Because you're at least making some progress. So. How old's the baby? Uh, he's almost three months now. And, oh, uh, oh, see, he's in bed, and you've got to get up every few hours anyway. Yeah, you, should be, you should be, you should be, painted, <laughs> you should be painted home at night, man. Well, you can't. You, you haven't learned how to paint one one handed yet. Have a baby in one arm and paint no, it on the other. No, <laughs> and I and I had to pull some strings to get on this phone call tonight. Oh, so. oh. wow. See, what you need is one of the little bouncy baby chairs with the little vibrating thing in it, oh, and we, then we've got, we've got a couple. Oh, yeah. Of We've tried those, but he, he's starting to teeth or something. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah. like wailing all the time. But, oh yeah, you know, it, it's it's rewarding. I, I enjoy being a father. So oh, it's awesome. Yeah, there's nothing like it. And uh, I, I got I, I kudos to you for the work time hobbying. Now, do you hobby somewhere where people at work see you hobbying or? Yeah, I had to do some <laughs> explaining the first couple <laughs> of times. How did that go over? Well, they were very forgiving. I'm, I'm sure they uh, make fun of me behind my back, but to my face, they're very polite. <laughs> yeah, I do my I do my ho I hobby at lunch too. I don't do any painting, but I'll do my building at my desk. Like I don't go eat. I don't want to talk to the other teachers. Really, I just yeah, I don't well, know if I'd have the. Uh, we've got a pretty if small office. That. It's only eight people, so we we all know each other pretty well. Yeah. I got my classroom. I just come with my stuff and cl clip the sprues and sit there on my lunch break. You know. If I'm not, if I don't have papers to grade, and then I just I build models. I got a lot done this week. <laughs> did, did they, your students ask you uh, what are you doing? What is that? Oh, they all know about it. Oh yeah, they, they know about the show. They know about uh, the website. Do the students listen? A couple of them do. We got a we got a Swiss Beats Rios. That's uh, one of my students. He wrote, "What up, Sean?" That was his oh, entire was review. That, oh, was that what that was? That's one I of my that. students. Okay. <laughs> now that makes sense. He's like, and it was so bizarre. And I, okay, sorry, Stephen, if you're listening, I want to make fun of you. He comes, he's like. You got a really good voice on the radio. You sound nice on the radio, and I was just like, "All right, that's really creepy. Get out of my room." Smooth and sultry sounds of David Wytek. There you go, buddy. We're back in the garage. Easy listening. This one's for Steven. Oh boy. So, oh, listen, Jeff. I definitely want to have you back on again. Eventually, we're going to get that Lizard Man review in, and then you'll you'll be the sit-in guest for that one. But. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, providing I get my my stupid Skype internet problems with my computer fixed, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can do this. We'll do this next uh, next episode. Get you in, and you can say who did who did all the winning, and let people know what's been going on in the circuit uh, for the one that's happening in about a week. Uh, if we have any issues, I'll just have you uh, call into the voicemail line and get you up there. Sure thing. Sure thing. Sounds it, good. It beats me trying to trying to just take your email and give a report it, you know oh yeah, yeah we, i think the the fans want the real thing yeah they want the real <laughs> they, they lizard man jeff lizard man jeff that's the that's see the, you see the the lizard man bump in the ratings i'm yeah. telling you right now hey folks right now when you're done listening to this get on the forum go to the show thread episode 59 and i want to see we want more lizard man jeff i want Get it yeah, on the thread. Let him know. Let him know how lucky he is. Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Jeff. Um, thanks a ton for coming on and talking about the circuit. My pleasure. And uh, we will talk to you in about two weeks. Excellent. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Great. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. And, folks, we will be back in just a minute. Hey, Dave, I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, board games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual gems? You mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too. Particular presents and playtime? You're looking for unique gifts and games! Okay, but... uh, Located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois... UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who, all right, but things supernatural. I understand. It's but all here. Okay, but with listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay, stop by UGG or or, or visit them yeah. online at uniquegg.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time. All right, that's enough. Welcome back, and it is time for the Toolbox. Nice. Let's do it. And the Toolbox, as everyone knows, is brought to you by... Superstore. So what you been tooling? Oh, lots. I totally met my hobby challenge that I that I committed to last... Uh, Very nice. Yeah. Um, I said that I was going to try to do the... Uh, the revenants and uh, what is what is a revenant? Okay, uh, for Mantic they have skeletons and then they have revenant skeletons. Is that like graveguard? They're graveguard. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Because they have the revenant knights, which are the black knights. Gotcha. You know, so it's the so. I actually I forget exactly what I promised last week, but here's what I did. I built all fifty of the Mantic skeletons that I had left, the regular skeletons. I built the twenty revenants. I built my twenty. GW skeletons that I had left, mm-hmm. um, 
and made a actually did a much better job. Played around a little bit with the uh, command unit. So because you know my skeleton banner guy always falls forward. Okay. And I realized that I had I kind of put it together a little lopsided. So this one I put together much nicer. Let me ask you: Are you? Uh, I I don't think your army is magnetized. But are you planning on magnetizing? Um. Yes, I have been, and there's so I, God, there's so many models. I've been magnetizing <laughs> the zombies. Yeah. A lot of the zombie bases are magnetized. Uh, I think all the ghouls are magnetized. Hmm. I bought a box. I bought a, a 400 of these magnets from Australia, and they got them at a good deal, but I'm going to have to order like 400 more. Oh, that's right. You do the metal sheet on the bottom of the tray and put the rare earth magnets inside the, the mini. Yeah. Well, with, especially with the Mantic ones because the bases are solid. Mm-hmm. You can drill I have an eighth-inch drill bit, yeah. and I just drill the hole and stick the, sure. and glue the, the in there. And then I just make the trays out of sheet metal. Okay. I only ask because you mentioned the uh, standard bearer keeps on yeah. falling over, but the yeah, magnetizing I, should help. The magnetizing that. will help that absolutely. But so I think I only promised to get about forty models done, and I wound up I wound up building ninety models. I got the bases sanded for fifty, the fifty mantic skeletons. So I got fifty out of the ninety. By sanded, you mean the uh, I put the glue, the glue and s- yeah, glue yeah. and sand. Um, okay. I usually do a. Uh, I'll put the glue and then I'll dip them in the sand. And then once that dries, I'll put a layer of glue over the sand. Straight glue? Uh, I take the wood glue. I usually do like 50-50 with water. That's, yeah, that's what I do. Um, but then I do the glue over the sand, the second coat, so it mm. doesn't sprinkle away. And then I hit it with the primer. Mm. Yep. So then I got to repaint the sand, but it's it's under a layer of glue and a layer of primer, sure. so the sand never comes off. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I built 90 models, based 50 of them, and then I built that... Uh, the Dark uh, Vengeance set for the uh, the forty k box uh, set. I saw those models are really cool. Those looking. models are amazing. That's why when I that's why when I traded for the Dark Games, I'm like these Dark Games look really nice. There's not enough there to play a full on regular game, but mm-hmm. that second set for thirty bucks, mm-hmm. it's now Harrison can play them if he wants to play some. All you need is like a Land Raider or two, and you'll be all set. That's okay. I got the six bikes. I, you know, I, it's the one. It's the one thing that Christopher and I always agreed upon on 40k is that, that it's the vehicles that sort of turned us off. I don't want to build model tanks. See, I'm the opposite. The vehicles really intrigue me, like those Eldar grav tanks and stuff. Those look awesome. Uh, those look kind of cool, I guess. It's just the big boxy square tanks, like the like the Space Marine, the, 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 the Lehman Rosses, and the, the rhinos that. and stuff right. that that look like almost kind of like real. You know, could yeah. be real tanks. Yeah, yeah the, the Eldar stuff, the little flying spaceship stuff ain't bad. But yeah, that's cool. I just, I don't know. Like I said, I picked it up. I built it. So that that was my, uh, that was all my building. So what cool. about with you? Well, I have until the next episode, if I'm correct, for, to, to meet my official goal. Yes, what was your official my goal? My official goal was to have the, the, three, the unit of three wolf chariots conversions done and painted. So oh, I'm right now and painted. I thought you were just going to have them. No, and, and painted. Oh, dude, yeah. you're crazy. So I don't think it's going to happen. I'm still foraging for parts and trying to finish the conversions. But I brought them here so that you can see them. They look fantastic. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, it's. Uh, what did you do with the ground? Like even the the, ter- the bases are like running over this really uneven rocky yeah, ground. Yeah. So basically, I ha- I'm using those 40k Fenrisian wolves, right? And uh, either wolf chariot bodies or the boar chariot bodies. What I what I found was the Fenrisian wolves are so dynamic that the regular chariot chassis doesn't fit right. Okay. It's too low. 
So to make up for the difference in the rear, I, I used that, that epoxy sculpt and sculpted some higher ground. Oh, okay. So that the rear of the chariot evens out with the body of the wolves. And so. the, the ground is completely uneven, and the wolves are so dynamic. I mean, some of them, you see they're running, and they got one front paw on the ground, mm-hmm. and the other two are way up in the back. So, I mean, really, between the chariots being on this really uneven ground mm-hmm. and the wolves looking like they're just all over the place. Like wild. It, it, no. it, it gives a whole look of, like, the whole thing is just bound. It has to be a just lot of motion to it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of motion added even to the to the chariot portions. Yeah, on top of that, I'm trying to not replicate any of the crew members. So everyone is, is has their own dynamic pose. Oh, cool. So I think that'll, uh, you know, pull it, really pull it together. I'm really looking forward to painting it. Uh, well, if you need to hit the, the, the bits bar. <laughs> which you've allowed me access to your, you know, your bits collection. And I thank you for that. It's it's my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. You, oh, there's a whole box here. Yeah, that's the stuff I haven't cut and put on the spruce. You know all those little those little bead boxes back there. That's all bits, too? Yeah. That's bits Jeez. that I cut off the sprue and separated by part, by wow. race, by everything. So there's like dwarf wow. boxes and skaven boxes. and That's impressive. Warriors boxes. That's a lot of bits. I got them organized because I had to. I would have sure, driven me. My OCD was driving me nuts. Plus... Now I can look and say, look, I got this many arms, this many this, this many this. I can look and see, okay, I need 10 bodies, and I can go to hoard a bits on eBay. Right. And I know what I've got left if I ever want to just... You have a system. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you could buy... It, it's always one thing on the sprue that they don't have... They have right. extras of all the other parts. But the one that you want. Though the one you need. Like yeah. with the dwarfs, it's that, you know, you get that the body. They've got mm-hmm. the 10... They all the extra heads, all the extra arms, and it's the body. So... Right. Once I sit there and say, look, I've got 30 extra left arms, 30 extra right arms, and about 60 heads. Yeah. If I can get 30 bodies, you're, and you I'll get them, unit you'll the get table. them for a lot cheaper than yeah. buying 30 more models, and then I'm actually using all these extra bits that it comes with. The key is to never throw anything out, no matter how useless you think it might be. I, 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 I keep everything. Yeah, no, I've pack-ratted like crazy. So There, there have been so many times where I'm like, oh, I, I don't need that, and I'll just chuck it somewhere. Like, a week later, I'll be like, oh, where did I put that piece? I, I remember holding it. Where is it? Oh, exactly. So. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, working on the chariots. The finishing touch on that will be the, the chariot rigging. I'm going to do some run some string through the uh, the collars on the wolves and stuff and, and add that final detail. No, that's really cool because I, I know, yeah, because the harness doesn't quite fit them because they're moving so wild that right. the harness doesn't work. And I was kind of looking at it. I was trying to figure out how you were going to. And then you're like, oh, I got to get the. Uh, I saw the little. Eyelets that were connected. The, the holes, yeah. I was like, oh, that's going to be great. They're so just those will lead up to up. the goblin crewman that's kind of holding the... That's going to be great. Them. So we'll yeah. see how that turns out. Um, Look at you. Yeah, a little I'm bitten by the conversion bug. And it is fun. You know, if I'm not under a time constraint and I'm kind of hobbying for the sake of hobby, world of difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this, these models are, are towards Adepticon, but if it doesn't pan out, I have another army, maybe the Grimgore fighty orc right. list, right. that I'll use as a backup. So I don't feel the pressure to you know go nuts on the hobby side. Yeah, and I'm kind of getting to that point, too. I've got so much built with my VC. There's only a few things that I would have to paint and get done. Like, I'd love to paint my Black Knights, but they're or Blood Knights, I mean, but yeah. they're so on the back burner because they're just so expensive, I never really play them. Those would be so much fun to paint, though. That's oh, yeah. Like, one of the best models, I think, in the GW range. Oh, oh, speaking of which, um, I think I came up, I'm going to strip all my, my 10 old Black Knights. Mm-hmm. I, just, I got them just painted just so I, I mean, they're... Tabletop? Yeah. I mean, I got the ethereal 
uh, horses with that, yeah. you know, the yeah, way yeah. I do it. The so they look yeah. decent. But the rest of them, I just, okay, it's skull. I mean, it's it's bone, black armor, green, uh, scorpion green edging and highlighting because I have that green theme in it. Right. So what I'm thinking I want to do is for all my great, because I want to paint those Graveguard. I'm going to use that airbrush technique so that all the curved little scimitars have that, you know, shiny on mm-hmm. the different parts look. I'm going to do that with that glowing green. Um, but the armor on the Black Knights and the Grave Guard, I'm going to do it. You know the the rust yeah. technique? That's a great technique. Pure rust. Like nothing else. Just rust. Just pure rust? And then going to go back and just pick out parts where there's just little bits of the paint left. So there'll be little sections like you know maybe like on remnants the, of Yeah, like maybe you know was. like uh, uh like on the left side under the arm where they, they were you know there's not a lot sure. of wear and tear, there'll be some paint left there. Hmm. So I'm thinking that it'll be it'll be really rusted out, but there's still going to be enough and I'll just pick it out on parts all around it. So you'll get the bits of green in. I mean the graveguard will have the green in there. Swords, because that's gonna. They used to be magical, so I had originally done them. Oh, do ethereal, but since I got the killing blow, I wanted to just give them that greenish, uh, the hue, the hue with the light, and that'll be the green that ties them in. But I'm gonna go with the pure rust, with a really that orangey edge, so it looks really rusty, and then go in with just the blacks and the greens. As sure. so this is this is the last remnants of the color that is still in this armor, but it should be almost all gone. You know, with that rusted painting technique, sometimes I see people use like a a green, like I guess it's like the oxidized right. metal or something like that. Right. Could you use that to help to tie that back into your green theme? That might work. See, I'm doing more of a, that, that that's a patina that's more with like a brass. Mm. The brass gets that bluish green patina. Right, right. Um and with the with the metal for that, I'm I'm thinking more of that that orangey, but that, that I could I'm, I'll give it a maybe, try. Yeah, maybe. I mean I it's, it's it, thanks for the suggestion. It's worth a try. Sure, sure. But so you know I've got enough green with the ethereal horses in the blood knights mm-hmm. or black knights. I always do that. I have enough green in the ethereal horses that if there's not a lot of green and black in the that's black knights, that's enough to tie it back. It's enough to tie yeah. it. And I think if I do the swords. With that green glow, oh. that'll be enough to tie that in hmm. to the whole unit, and um, and that should that should tie it all together. But I'm really excited because the rust looks is, great, and it is so easy. Hmm. It once you get the technique down, yeah. because you don't have to follow any of the borders or the or the edges on the right. actual model. You just have to put the base color down. Just a more organic application. Yeah. And just anywhere you want, and it'll work, and it'll go quick, and it will look cool. We'll have to have a paint night. You'll have to show me how that how that technique actually works. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> it's it's dude. It's three colors. Is it's it? a base coat and two stipples, one lighter than the other. It's that simple. It looks great, though. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it looks really good. So the only thing you just don't want to overdo it with the orange because it's blazing orange or whatever the hell they so call just it. Just in like very select areas. Yeah, yeah. you got to put it very lightly on your brush and just stipple it on. Just tap, sure. Tap it into the model. Okay. Just tap it on in. Just tap, tap, it right tap, tap. Yep. So, uh, so that's it for my hobby. Okay, and you're gonna so you're gonna keep working on these for next time. That's your goal. Yeah, plug it away. Uh, my. What is my commitment for the next show? Uh, I am going to finish the basing on all the models, and I will get them all primed. And I will have all my VC models primed because I've still got – I don't 
like I didn't prime. Mm-hmm. I've, I've still got models laying around that just haven't been primed that I built, and I just haven't painted in a long time. I haven't really set paint to brush in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's not true. I painted some of those fell bats. But if you don't count the few little bits that I painted for the Chicago Civil War. Sure. I really haven't painted in a couple of months. Yeah, I, I've been the same. A lot of modeling, mm-hmm. but not so much painting. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of been the same way. I've been. I, I did that minor conversion mm-hmm. with the horse thing on the Terrorgeist. Yeah. Which oh I yeah, think, the, the the cadaver. I think it turned out pretty good. Did you finish that? I haven't seen that. I yet. haven't painted it, but it's uh. it's built. It just and it's primed. It just needs painting. Okay. Um, I'll just take a look at that. But I kind of gotten bit by that conversion bug, especially with the Mantic, because, you know, we've been talking about Mantic, you've got to set unit size, and it's right. the footprint. It's not the individual well, you're models. unit fillers, then. I've been thinking about doing a few, uh, and just, you know, because I've got those 40 zombies that I don't want to build. Sure. Well, you definitely have the bits for it. Yeah, and I could so. just build up, and I have two gardens of more. So I could Perfect. just put up a couple of graves, a couple of things like that, have them crawling over it. Mm. And just make some nice big chunky unit fillers, and that will really, I think, also. Those are things, especially because I'm using them with my Mantic Undead. I can turn around and stick them in the units for. Right. And if I am in the championships at Adepticon, I can get those points for the for conversions. the conversions. Perfect. Perfect. So, one one last thing, I'll put this out uh, to our listener base. If anyone has any spare Giants collars. You know the spiked collar, the collar that comes that goes in the Giant the, kick. Yeah. yeah. If if anyone has any spare ones out there, I, I'm. Using those to as harnesses on my chariots. So, if anyone is gracious enough, let me know. Help a brother out, folks. Come on, send you your 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 big giant collars. Right, send me. I need collars. <laughs> so, um, now you've been looking at uh, you've been looking at some demon stuff too. Well, yeah. So we're into the reading and watching segment, I suppose. Because I've been watching. I don't know if you watch battle reports on YouTube. Uh, I've I've seen a few of them. I don't watch them too often. There's a there's a couple on there that are are a couple of people on there that are pretty noted in terms of doing w- good quality battle reports. Right. Uh, Mr. Malorian is one person. He's an Orcs and Goblins player. Okay. Another one that I've recently started watching is by the guy a, a pr- person by the name of uh, Once Bitten Three Sixty. So if you go to that okay screen name on YouTube, he's got a series of good battle reports, and he recently did one with uh, an all. Well, he he did a Bretonian army, but his opponent, which I f- thought was intriguing, was an all-Slanesh monogod demon army. Okay. Which I've toyed with doing. I, I always thought it seemed underpowered. But, man, when I saw this guy play this list, it was amazing. He had okay. the mask, uh, level one herald with lore of death, and then the uh, the banner of despair, which is a minus two to leadership. Okay. So you, you he'll run that, the BSB up, minus two leadership. Throw the mask minus D three leadership. So you're anywhere to minus three to minus five at right. that point. And then his uh, keeper of secrets is tooled up with all these weapons. Where you either have to pass a leadership check to do any attacks, otherwise you don't attack. Okay. You know all these, and then throw a lore of death in there. That's just a lot of leadership. You know minus three leadership and all that. And man, that guy just rolled that tournament. He did really well. Huh. Um, so I'm I'm intrigued. The, the the bad thing is with demons coming up on the horizon. I don't know if I want to invest in all these models and conversions. Then the book comes out and it's completely changed. Yeah, because so. they they've had a habit of putting a lot of changes, and that book's going to be a lot different. Yeah, and that's going to be one I really want to see because I mean the VC were at least in seventh they were one of those top power tier houses. Uh, powerhouses. They're still good. But here's the thing: when they flipped over in eighth, the seventh ed book was good. 
but not as good. I don't think. I mean, not as good as it was in seventh. I think they t- they they dropped a they couple of pegs down a bit. Yeah, you know. Whereas the demons are still the demons. They're still. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting brutal. because the trend has been they tone down on the magic items a lot. Right. There's so many great magic items or demonic gifts. Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to get rid of those. Well, I, I don't. I doubt they'll get rid of the gifts altogether. Mm. But you're going to see. You're going to see a cutback. They're going to. They're going to bring that in line. I'm really interested to see what happens. You know that army's got nowhere to go but down. It's you know if people, or, or it stays the same. It might stay the same. I got. I, I, I agree. I gotta They'll pull it. it back to the pack a little bit. Yeah. yeah. One of the rumors I've heard. I don't know if you've heard this is that they're going to make Monogod like an actual option. Have you heard that at all? Yeah, I've been yeah. hearing. I mean, the the I think the days of just mixed m- mixing in everything together, mm-hmm. I think, are done. I mean, I've been hearing rumors that that. You're not going to be able to put Corn and Slanesh in the same army. You're not going to be able to put Zinch and Nurgle in the same army. I, I think it's a good idea. Which, yeah, but which basically cuts down. I mean, you can have Corn and Nurgle, Corn and Zinch. Right. Uh, you can have uh, Nurgle and Slanesh, Nurgle and Corn. But there's going to be uh, that, that. That's a lot of you know going onto a three god list won't happen. Right. If two of them won't. I mean, if you got four. These two won't be on the same field together. And these two won't be on the same field together. Right, right. There's you. There are no more three and four mm-hmm. god builds. If that's true, which I think is great. I, I think it'd be pretty cool. I think it's gonna that automatically is gonna cut for a, a certain variety of lists. You're gonna start mm-hmm. to see, you know. Um, and from a business standpoint, it's good for them because yeah. Half your army doesn't mix with the other half. You got to go out and get new stuff. Yeah, if you've so. got all these things. You're gonna have to flesh them out. Yeah, like I said, I've, I've or, or flesh hound them out. Oh. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. It was good. Um, I've been I've been toying with two lists for demons myself because I've got some. Is the is just the all corn no magic just kind of like forward. what uh, Ryan Nickel? Yeah, runs but I now. mean that's. That's no magic and no shooting. That's just it's true. That's charge, right. you know. Get, get in combat. Uh, and I, I really love the all Nurgle list. I think that it does have some weaknesses, but well, maybe you it's, know, it's very tankish. Depending on the book, if you want to go Monogod, Corn, or Nurgle, I'll try my hand at the Monogod Slanesh, and we'll duke it out. There you go. For the, soul, for the souls of humanity. <laughs> oh no, that's that, that's that that sounds pretty good. Um, so yeah, check out those YouTube battle reports. Once bitten three sixty. Oh, I know Dom Michael, who we mentioned in the Civil War battle reports. Right. He does a series of um, battle reports that are ogre centric. Oh, okay. So if you, I think if it's uh, Ogre War Gaming is oh. his YouTube name. So if you check that out, he's got a lot of good battle reports too. Cool. Very cool. Um, how about on the other? Other, as in watching shows, listening to podcasts, reading books. Uh, other, you know, I've continued on the Horus Heresy, uh-huh. and uh, it's really picked up. I'm about halfway through book book two. Okay, um, you have two and three, right? Heresy, I do. give yeah, me two yeah, and three. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is uh, False Gods, yeah, by Graham McNeil. And at first, I think I mentioned for, at first I was a little wasn't quite sure if it was going to keep me interested, but at some point it really picks up, and uh, I think. His writing style, Dan Abnett, I think, is good character development, good dialogue, and kind of really uh-huh. gets you invested in the characters. Right. Whereas Graham McNeil is great at writing action. Oh, yeah. And it's that, that yeah. clear cut. So, yeah. 
it's yeah, very pretty good. No, I, like I said, and then you get to book three. It's just it it's so good, even better. And if you like that, then you have to read book four because the flight of the Eisenstein is Captain Garo, who's like like my favorite character in okay. all these books. We'll see. Captain Garo is one of the he's he is he's he, one of he's the, not mentioned. No, to this point that no. I'm at. Okay. No, he's just he's a, he's in. Um, he's in one of the chapters. I'm blanking on which chapter. He's one of the chapters that turns traitor. Mm. And um, he doesn't turn traitor. But he also, like, he, he gets basically, he's one of the guys who's supposed to go down to the planet and get killed off. Right. And he gets a warning from one of his friends and realizes what's going on and basically doesn't go, you know, basically makes he survives it. Yeah, and yeah. they all start attacking him. And this whole... That whole book is him trying to go and warn the emperor and get away from this. See, when you say that, that, that actually, I don't play 40K, but mm-hmm. if I did, it would inspire me to create like a Thousand Sons, you know, mm-hmm. loyalist faction that did, didn't turn. Right. That somehow was lost in space or whatever and, you know, remain true to the emperor. Well, you know, before this, the last book I read was that um, that zombie book. World was War it? Z. World War Z. Prior to that, I probably hadn't read a book in... Years, six, seven years. <laughs> so yeah. the English teacher would be cringing. <laughs> so the fact that I'm reading the series now and it's I'm continuing to read it is, uh, I think, a testament to the quality of the writing. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I said, you know, what we really to put this to the test. So I need like Heather, my wife, loves to read, hmm. and she loves like fantasy and she loves like gothic horror, romancey stuff too. And but she used to read a lot of fantasy and a lot of, and she likes science contest. fiction. If I could just talk her into just agreeing to read the the first three books, just like you are, mm-hmm. and if she likes it, she'll just read the whole damn series. And she reads fast; she'll plow through. Have it. you have you posed that question to her? Not yet. I'm trying Wait, to figure how do you think out how she'll to react. Do it. I have a feeling she'll just say no. But I'm just telling. <laughs> her, I just want to do it for the show. I want to test because if I can get someone who doesn't play, who knows nothing about it, right. who doesn't care about it, to agree to that just give a it a read test. and see if it hooks you, right. And if you and if you, that would be a cool test, I'm, I'm trying. Well, you have that. to offer like, if you read these, then I'll read. Oh, she wouldn't care. No, really? Nah, because a lot of the stuff, if she really likes it, she's like, you should read this. And I just Fifty I, Shades of Grey. I'm not, not reading that. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. I read. She asked me. I read the whole all the Twilight books because she really is. She owes it. you that. Like what? She owes you that. Yeah, actually, uh, you should. You should when you pose the question. I've been trying put, to get put her sparkle to re- on your face. Right, and ask yeah, put sparkle <laughs> on. Yeah, no, I tried to get her to read the Dresden Files because I know she would love that. That you know, Jeez, supernatural she detective. She's just like she just hasn't picked them up, and I have all of them. And it's like you know, oh. she, it's that's it's, another series I think I'd like to start reading. Too. You'd, you'd like that yeah. too, and that's on books on CD too. I, yeah, I I think I even have the first one upstairs. I can loan it to you. Oh, okay. You just listen to it. Um, so. That's what you've been the Horace Heresy. Uh, I haven't been to the movies. I was supposed to actually. I was supposed to go tonight. Oh, to see to what? To the midnight show of Paranormal Four. Oh, are you Paranormal into Activity. Those? I saw three. Yeah, it was creepy as hell. Huh. And I haven't seen the first two. But when Blockbuster was closing, Heather said they were there. She bought them both for like a dollar a piece. So I'm going to watch into one those two. Not really. Huh. My friend Claudia, I was going to go. Her friend from work, Claudia, she loves to go to see crappy yeah. movies. Yeah. Like we went to go see Drive Angry, that 3D Nicolas Cage piece of schlock that was just really over the top. Right. Yeah. We just we like going to the movies. Okay. So yeah, that's fine. We were thinking about that. But uh, uh, I did finish Fallen Angels, mm. um, which was much better 
than Descent of Angels. Actually, at the end of it, I actually seem to feel like it's weird. Once again, the book ends, and it leaves more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. I still don't exactly know what's going on with the Primark with Lion Johnson. Mm -hmm. However, I have a little bit more sympathy for him. Like, I kind of, like, they delve just a little bit more into his character, where it's like, maybe he's not the world's biggest douche. Maybe he's... You know, uh, there's a reason why he's well. There's the a whole, way he is. Yeah, there's a whole part where they talk about how he just. It, it's very possible that he just cannot relate to other people. Period. Like he's like antisocial, emotionally crippled. I guess you might even call it. He just hmm. doesn't get people. And there's a couple of scenes where you get this little insight, and you realize one of the reasons that you never know what's going on with him, and he always seems like this. I could be dead wrong, but that's kind of how I read it. Was like. He just, he doesn't understand, he's a brilliant tactician. He can outthink everybody on a battlefield, mm-hmm. doesn't get people at all. So he's like a savant. Yeah, so he kind of comes across as a complete jerk because he's short with people because he has absolutely no social skills whatsoever. He's like uh, Rain Man almost, yeah. but in tactical. Like, yeah. We've got to hit the flank. Definitely got to hit, gotta, <laughs> hit the artillery. Definitely got to sneak in in the back tower here. <laughs> definitely got to sneak in. Um <laughs> But I finished that, and I, I did like it. I did pick up Thousand Sons, which is written by Graham McNeil. Mm. Uh, this one is a bit longer than the usual fare. The usual fare is right around 400 pages mm. for most of the books. This is at like 550. I started this just last week. I got like 50 pages left. I'll probably finish it tonight after you go home or tomorrow. So where does that fall into, then, the grand scheme of things in terms of the Horace Heresy? Part of the same series? or Oh, it's still the same series, uh, but it's right as Horace is turning evil. Yeah, this is uh, that's right around the time this book is happening. Hmm. So uh, they do jump around in the time frame, to, sure. but uh, they just keep sort of back. Uh, there's a lot of these books seem to backtrack and loop around into this still this first half of the story mm-hmm. to give you. It's just and it just keeps fleshing out instead of the story moving forward. It's almost moving it's hard to be laterally. so linear with you know such an epic story, so many characters and, and worlds. And, and that's everything. the thing. There's so many, and I'm really looking forward to. I have the next book in the series ready to go. I ordered that's book thirteen. I ordered book fourteen. Book fifteen is Prospero Burns, which is by Dan Abnett, mm-hmm. which I love Dan Abnett. Yeah. It's the thousands. It's this same story told from the Space Wolves' point of view. Oh, awesome! Oh, because, I love that stuff. Yeah, because yeah. well, in this one, uh, he's fighting. He he gets into many arguments. Space Wolves. Um, uh, Lehman Russ hates Magnus because he thinks he's a he's a warlock. He's a wizard. Right, he's dabbling in evil yeah. arts. He's like, you shouldn't be doing that. There's something wrong with you. And um, they basically get into a couple of fights. And in the end, when the Emperor sends them to wipe out. Mm-hmm. His planet, he sends the space, space wolves, wolves to do it. Huh. So that book is being told now from their point of same story, but from the other point side of, of the coin. I will say this: of every Primark that you read about who has fallen into evil, mm-hmm. the, the Fulgrim or Horus, you want. I think person I have the most sympathy for Magnus from the Thousand Sons mm-hmm. because he actually realizes how much he screws up and actually is. Like repents what he's right. done and how much he's done wrong, and realizes we've got to be the, the emperor's got no choice but to wipe us out because of what we did. And you just feel bad. Once again, it's another right. one of these things that just grips you. You feel horrible. It's interesting you bring him up because I'm at the point now in the book where he's on his planet and he's they've been reprimanded for studying the ways of magic, but yes. he feels it's the best way to. You know, sort get the universe sorted. That happens in the the, the trial of Magnus yeah. is in this book. 
Huh. So, so he he's calling his his I think they call it a coven to order to do this super magnificent magnificent spell. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the guys is like, "Are you sure we should do that? I don't think we can control it." it. That happens in this. Does it? It okay. happens here. Yeah. So yeah, when he first he because he wants to warn Horus, right? And and there's there's uh, it. I think it happens in book two where Horus is wounded. Did you get to that yeah, part? Yeah, yet? Yeah, yeah. He talks about that. He sees the blade. He sees the ship. Uh, he sees all of that about to happen. Huh? And when Horus is the, uh, the thing where he's in that lodge and he's on that Horus is on that weird vision quest and he's about to die. Did you get to that Not part to yet? That part yet? No. He's like dying and it's basically his mind is off, sort of in the. In the spirit realm, right. and uh, that all that stuff ties in, huh. that, all that stuff that happens ties in in this See, book. They get you to read and, a book or two, and then you got to read all fifteen. And, oh yeah, all you got to do is get to book uh, twelve. <laughs> this is book twelve, <laughs> and book fifteen is the book again, but from and that actually was supposed to come out as book thirteen, but Dan Abnett apparently got really sick okay. and couldn't write it. Sure. So once he was better, then, then he, he wrote it. Okay. So huh. very excited. Well, that's yeah. Well, one of these days, Greg, Dan, and I are going to sit down and do a really just epically long. Once I'm caught up on all the books, we're going to sit down and do a couple of Garage Gamers where we just go book review the hell out of this. That thing. would be cool. So that's everything. I do have one last other, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we are in the uh, Blood Bowl League, the season ah. two of Joe Joe Flesh's. This will make Joe happy that we, we online, talked about it. Yeah, I know he's he was giving me grief because yeah. I didn't talk about it last time. But is it is it is it U.S. only or is it? Do you have overseas people? I think it's U.S. U.S. Okay. First season, eighteen games because there's ten players. You play every other every opponent twice. I went three wins, five draws, and ten losses. Hmm. Ouch. Chaos is a hard team to play with. Okay, everyone starts off with all these extra skills. Mm-hmm. Chaos warriors start with no skills whatsoever, mm-hmm. and the beast men start with horns, which means that when you blitz, if you get that running attack on the right. guy, which you can only do once per turn, you get a plus one strength. Okay, so I have, I start off with a team that has one ability that he can use once per turn. What's the trade-off? Are they cheaper? Um their their stats are pretty their stats are pretty good. Chaos yeah. Warriors are strength 4, okay. armor 9. I mean they're stupid good. Hmm. Played the first two games against Skaven and it was the same team. It was one of those things where it just wound up we played this two weeks. I won them both 2 to 1. Mm-hmm. Great games, lots of fun. Uh first ga- first uh like first or second turn first game I hit the rat ogre on the team. Mm-hmm. And Take him out for the game. Ouch! So then it's all just Skaven all and my cast warriors are just pounding things. So win that one two to one. Game two happens. Now I have an apothecary, and I never use my apothecary unless the guy dies, because that that's the only reason I've got the if somebody dies because I've right. got I've got some characters who at the end of season one had gotten up to two and three skills. And that's the thing: my team's worth fifteen hundred points, and everyone's got like block and tackle. Whereas a thousand point team of dwarfs, everyone's got block and tackle to start. So I'm like kind of finally all these points I'm getting up there with the skills to where other people are starting. So turn fifteen, he's about to score. I'm winning two to nothing. He's gonna get in there and score. Um, His one Skaven guy hits one of my ungore and fractured leg, and I was like, oh, he's got a couple of skills. I think that's gonna be a movement break. That's turn fifteen. He's gonna score. I'm gonna get the it's. Game's over. Forget it. I'm just going to... So I apothecary the guy, you know, because I, I don't want to take the sure. break. So that's uh, turn 15. 
Um, I take my turn 15, move some guys, try to see if I could try to stop him from scoring, get him all into position. Maybe I can just stop him from scoring. Top of turn 16, my best character in my game, my Chaos Warrior, who's got Mighty Blow Claw and Jump Up. Mm-hmm. So he can get up and still move his full movement. All I need is pile on on this guy and uh, and block, and he's he's got everything. He's going to kill everybody. That <laughs> the chaos ogre, the one that he knocked out of the game last game, he's got mm-hmm. boom push. I right, push him back. Next one, boom, knock him down. Boom, armor break. Boom, dead. Oh, and I'm just sitting there looking at the screen. I'm like, no, 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 no. Ouch! It's like my best guy on my team, and I use the and I. Broke my rule. Never use the apothecary unless somebody unless right. somebody's dead. That's ah, turn fifteen. What could happen? Damn oh, it. the one time. Yep. <laughs> and so then I played uh, Ryan last night, and he had his Norse, and this was just a slugfest. We just knock each other down. Uh, and I will say, I got really lucky. This was a fun game, but I got the ball. Start off. I'm going. He throws the. Fi- I, he had like six. 670,000 points to spend on inducements because his team is brand new and mine's up there. Throws a fireball right in the guy holding the ball, knocks him down, drops the ball. His guy comes up, grabs it. He's running down the field. Yeah. I'm trying to block him, trying to block him. He runs around. It looks like he's going to get right in there. He does a go for it, falls, rolls the one, falls, oh. and drops the ball. The guy falls and knocks himself out, so he oh. can't even get him pick up the ball or anything. <laughs> so my guys run, grab the ball, run a bit, flip, 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 score. Huh. All right, so it's one to nothing. Then I do a kickoff. I get a nice move. He's got all his guys right on the line. So he's got one guy back there. I make a little break hole in the line with a, with a nice kickoff bonus. <laughs> Run all my guys up there, grab the ball before he can. Boom, two to nothing. Hmm. And so it was just like the whole game. And then he had this Yeti and like five turns in a row. This stupid thing got like double skulls on it. So it was like... Five turns in a row, he moved like two pieces and then had a turnover. Jeez! So it wound up being three to nothing that game, mm. and I, at the end, I felt bad. <laughs> it was just like well, it's a, it like, sounds like the dice turned on Ryan a little they bit there. Totally turned on him, but uh, I am the only undefeated person in the league nice. right now. It's three Look and at zero, you. and uh, sitting. The, at, the White Texans are on a tear, sitting atop the standings with my stupid tough. Uh, Warriors of Chaos. Uh, Have you ever played in an actual face-to-face Blood Bowl league? League, no. I've or, played a couple of games against Taz. I played a couple yeah. games against Christopher. Uh, I played a couple games against Joe. Okay, but I've never played in a league. We should, uh, we should get a local league started up at some point. I know no, UGG in, in, in our copious free time. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, we probably play a little bit less Warhammer and a little bit more Blood Bowl if that happens. But, if I play uh, a little less Warhammer, I'm going to be playing no Warhammer. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that was a, a long time co- talking about it, but it's been a lot of fun. And Joe does set up the league and yeah. he's got to clear the games and everything. Sure. So he takes care and, and tracks everything. So. Good commissioner. Yeah, he's, he's doing a, 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 a cracking good job with it. Nice. Good job, Joe. So that is our rather long toolbox. Unless you got anything else, you haven't been to the movies or any of that stuff. Uh, no, but I did finally see Avengers. We rented that. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. It was good. Yeah, it was really good. I I, I didn't see. I think there were two ending scenes though, like after the credits. Yes. Uh, one with what was the one? Oh, the one with um, Thanos. Thanos, and then there was the other one where they're all eating breakfast. <laughs> that one I we didn't I didn't catch. 
You didn't get it or you didn't see it? I didn't see it. I didn't hear about it until or, well, no, Remember at the end when Iron Man's like, oh, there's a shawarma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they're, what they're eating. They're all, yeah. it, the place is destroyed. Like, it's uh, wrecked, and they're all just sitting around. Nobody's talking. They're just stuffing their faces with shawarma. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. fantastic. Um, I think the best line in that movie is still when Loki is screaming at the Hulk. Yeah, and that the, is awesome. I didn't actually hear what the Hulk said the first time I saw the movie. Because mm. when he grabbed him, and just started slamming, slamming, slamming. The whole theater was laughing yeah. so loud, uh, we couldn't understand what he said. Uh, that, but, is, that uh, is a great line. That's J- J- Joss Whedon, man. Yeah. He's he's brilliant. He really is. He is. Yeah, absolutely, he is. So, all right, I think that's it for the toolbox. Yeah, it was brought to you by Carefor Cooper. So, um, we're gonna break here and be back with uh, Jake Murphy. Yeah, and the Phoenix Prince, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the Chicago Civil War. Excellent, fantastic. All right. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Okay, back to the garage, you tools. We are back. Here we are, joined by two people, the Phoenix Prince. Hello, Harrison. Yay! Phoenix Prince. And none other than the guy who runs the IWFB forums himself, Mr. Jake Murphy. Hey, hey Jake. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, we're happy sure, to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, and, you and Chris, you and you... <laughs> uh, basically, were the the reason that we had this whole this whole competition. You guys were the ones who really grabbed a hold of it and said, "Okay, let's get our teams together and let's push this into happening." Yeah, so. well, it kind of spun out of the invasion Kenosha, and there was a, a bunch of smack talk going back and forth. <laughs> with the, you mean the that after we dominated? I got to be honest with you. I was kind of surprised when it was over because I didn't hear any real smack talk. It was just every time they were calling Chris Yu's name or Grant's name. We were screaming NW2. Yeah, I think my, my throat got, got a little yeah, hoarse. It wasn't so much. I didn't see so much as smack talk as maybe a couple of guys got a little jealous and sick of Loading. hearing the words NW who. No, maybe I it was a little jealousy. You guys <laughs> a lot of hardware there. I was talking a little smack, though, I, I must admit. Yeah, you and uh, Brian Hodge had a, a big nail biter in yeah. round three at Invasion. Yeah, and they were that, uh, smack talking back and forth a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it, this this sprung out of Invasion Kenosha, so we decided to, uh, or you guys decided we should do this. So we had uh, two teams of six, mm-hmm. and we played three rounds. 
Uh, two thousand points. No special characters. Uh, straight no, out of the book. No Warhammer. comp otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so should we talk a little bit about the, uh, the the mechanic we had? Sure. Now we ha- well our team of six was you and I and Harrison, mm-hmm. uh, Grant Fetter. Yep. Who I would have had on the show, but it's Thursday night. Okay, he's tied up on Thursdays. Alex Nikotenko. Alex Nikotenko and Dave... Dave Tishnai, who's Dave. a longtime 40K player who's just starting to get into fantasy. Yeah, that was like... I think he said it was his 6th, 7th, and 8th game of yeah. fantasy. Yeah. So we were rolling in with the fluff gamers and the new gamers. Well, casual gamers and, and new gamers. And, and, and the 11-year-old, the Phoenix Prince And the younger here. gamers. And uh, now, Jake, who was your team? So we, uh, we had myself... Joe Picaro, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Walker, Tyler Harshi, and Dennis Gunia. Did I get all six there? Uh, I think we only had five I there. I think Dom Michael was the other oh, one. Oh, and Dom Michael. We didn't hear Dom. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Dom. Okay. So the rules were we all had to have, we had to have six different armies. We couldn't be... We no, couldn't, no repeat armies on the same team. <laughs> no, no coming with six ogre armies. <laughs> right. Um, and then the first round, now, you guys rolled the dice to see which of the six scenarios out of the book we would play. Mm-hmm. Uh, first scenario was straight up, number one, battle line. Correct. Uh, and then uh, you guys, we you you brought poker chips, didn't you, <laughs> Jake? Yeah, so that was kind of my idea was we'd write initials for every player on a poker chip. One team has, I think, red and the other team had green. So that's how we kind of determined the random matchups each round. And, yeah, we just drew them from a... Drew him from a hat, from a hat, yeah, or from a box, and um, did random pairings. From random there. pairings. So, um, and each round you would be randomly paired against someone. It wasn't based on win loss record or anything, right? The only rule was you didn't play the same person twice. Correct. Um, now, the other thing we set up was when we uh, broke up the wins and losses, whoever had um, whatever the difference was. Like, let's say they w- let's say the first round six players they won four to two. So, we so were a, down. a win would count as one point, right? Um, draws uh, a lot draws, of draws count as nothing. Yeah. So, but you took the, basically the total number of wins from each team, uh, and whoever had less wins um, as the other team drew. So, at, at, at the end of the first round, and no spoilers, but we were down by one. Mm. They had uh, they had three wins, we had two, and there was a draw. I think. I think that's how it worked yeah, I think out. That's how it is. Yep. And so we were down. So they their first draw of their first player, we got to pick. Which of our, which guy on our team played him? So it gives the trailing team a little bit of a, a boost in terms of right. their matchups, and so then and then the rest were still just random draw. Yep. So uh, the first round, like I said, we we played up a straight battle line. Um, do you want to go over our list really quick? Sure, Jake. Do you want to uh, run through your list? I know you're yep. running Bretonians that day. Yep, I was running Bretonians, uh, 2K. So I had uh, the Heroic Killing Blow Lord with Rural and Fail to Wound Rolls. Uh, level 4 with Heavens. Um, on a horse, she had uh, 2 Up Ward versus Flaming. Uh, BSB, Sword of Might with Grandma Greathelm for 2 Up Eroba Armor. Uh, 13 Knights of the Realm with the War Banner. 14 Knights Errant with the uh, Gleaming Pennant. 2 units of 16 Bowmen. Uh, banner Musician on those. A unit of 4 Peg Knights two trebuchets, and five mounted yeomen. Nice. It's a nice well-rounded list for 2K. Yeah, I was... Uh, so I, one of the things we did before the event was we released to each other what armies each team was bringing. So you guys were sitting there with a bunch of, I would call chaff 
armies. Um, I was I was worried about orcs and goblins. I was worried about Skaven. Um, so I, I brought a lot of a lot more bowmen, I guess, than I would at a normal two K level. Hmm. So I could kind of counter up a lot of that. Metagame. Well, we did a little bit of the same. We looked at your guys' armies and we thought, man, there's a lot of cannons and yeah. a dead trebuchet. Yeah, a lot of Dude. war machines on yeah. your end. So one of the Dave actually, the new Lizardman player, was yeah. like, yeah, I want to take a, um, a Stegadon, and we we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's three points. <laughs> so we talked him out of that, thankfully. Well, we had we actually had a lot of trouble going into this. Uh, our original list had two different players on the mm-hmm. the team. It was. You and me and Grant and Alex, and we had two other players, and both of them, one had to drop, and then Christopher Barnett jumped in. Yeah. And then... And he couldn't make it. He couldn't make it, so Harrison took his spot, and then... Steve some, Lechman. Steve Lechman couldn't, make, couldn't it. make it. So that's when Dave jumped in. So we were just scrambling to get six players. Now Harrison jumped in, and Harrison's only real army that he has that's got any paint on it that he's played a lot is his high elves, but they were already being used. We would have had to shuffle everybody's the army roster to get this. So we just basically said, Harrison, pick one of our armies that's painted and you can go. And he didn't know what to pick and we basically said, listen, take take Grant's Ogres. It's, yeah. it's, and I said no. Because he didn't want to look like a bandwagoner. But uh, as we pointed out, they're actually, if, if, if it's an army that you haven't played too many times... You're not a bandwagoner. Yeah, it's... Uh, and it's a... Uh, I played four I played four and only four games with them. Yeah. And but it, the nice thing about it is it's a little bit forgiving. Sure, it, it's it's a simple. <laughs> it's not not as much finesse as you would need for some other armies. So even with a little with less experience, you could play it. I mean, he knows the game well enough, but it was a new army. So well, we'll see how that list pans out for you during the course of the game. So well, do you want to run through your ogre list real quick? What you had in it? Um, uh, just a quick run through since I don't have my list in front of me. I had a slaughtermaster, a fire belly. And, of course, I had the Hellheart, because why wouldn't I? And I had seven Ogres, eight Iron Guts, four Mornfang, uh, all with a Bellower, a Musician, two Iron Blasters, and two Cats. Not three, just two. The Saber Tusks. Saber Tusks. Cool. So, yeah, you were running a pretty a pretty basic Ogre list. Pretty well optimized, push, I would say. Yeah. Push it forward, throw some magic, win. And Iron Blasters <laughs> for flavor. And Iron Blasters, yeah. So, uh, Chris, what did you have in your list? You were running... Uh, the standard tournament high-elf list I've been running. It's the Unkillable Archmage, Lore of Life. Uh, BSB, a unit of 21 Swordmasters, 21 White Lions. Uh, I think it was 25 Spears, 2 units of 10 Archers, and 4 Eagles. All right, and then I was running a 2,000-point vampire count list, and here was where we metagamed a little bit as as uh, I have my basic... I mean, everyone knows, you guys all know from listening to the show and when I was at Bits and all these other things, well, I play these you know zombie-heavy defensive... Point like, denial. Point denial lists, and uh, I was talking with Alex, and Alex is like, you know... This army can be really aggressive if you want to play it, and I I never play that way. I'm like, let me take an aggressive list. No one's going to be expecting me to take a list like this. So I had a uh, vampire lord level four, um, just on foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a white king BSB on a horse. I had a level one vampire on a horse. I had a unit of forty crypt ghouls that the general was in the okay. level four. Two units of 20 zombies, uh, two pairs of fell bats, 
two spirit hosts, a unit of four Vargeists, and a unit of eight Black Knights with the flaming banner. Hmm. So, yeah, I never thought about it, but looking at our team, you're right, Jake. We are very chaff heavy. Yeah, so that's that's where I was worried. I was kind of worried you guys would go uh, Laura Metal heavy, even on the the lizards, because the arm, armored armies, um, yeah. pretty much across the board. Yeah, I mean, even even the lower metal against the ogres would be able to smoke our Mornfang right right off the map. I didn't think that's about a good that. point. I didn't think about that either. Yeah, I made sure not to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, I mean, uh, getting back to the whole setup of the thing, since we were using the book scenarios and we weren't discounting any scenarios, a lot of the list building you had to think about making that balanced list that could compete in any scenario. Watchtower and yep. these things, Fortitude. You know. Yep. Exactly. Which I like. I mean, that, that is, is like an internal balancing thing. Well, and I know Domus would say this is what makes the game self, because why we don't need comp. Because right. if you're building for anything, then, you, then you've got to take some balance. The balance list. Absolutely right. So for game one was the battle line. So okay. who wants to go first in terms of uh, giving a quick battle report? Um, I can, I guess. Sure. And then I'll then I'll run the computer from here. I I got to play against Dennis Gunia, which I've you know I've we've, I've met him a bunch of times. And we've been at a lot of tournaments together. I never got to play him. Mm-hmm. That was one of the nice things about this was these are six guys who I know from tournament scene L- and I've local never guys. played because no. as I pointed out, when there's fifty tables. These are the guys who are up on the top 15 or so, <laughs> and so I waved at them up. from the other end of the room. But so I got to play Dennis. Now, Dennis actually took, uh, he had uh, he had uh, his lord, he was playing his warriors. He had a level four Slanesh lord on a steed of Slanesh. Hmm. Uh, a level, um, though, then he had the exalted hero of Zinch BSB, a level two Zinch sorcerer. Uh, two units of 20 Chaos Warriors, uh, Zinch with Hand Weapon Shield, and Corn with the War Banner and with Halberds, and then had a unit of six Chaos Ogres. So it was like three big units and three characters. And um, <laughs> we both looked at each other and started pushing it forward. Just <laughs> met in the middle and yep. rolled dice. Um, I got really lucky. Um, on his turn one, he flew up and threw some... Uh, whatever he had, take a take a toughness test or die. Okay, and he threw it at my uh, unit of uh, my uh, cav unit. Oh, pass with the BSB, pass with the vampire alert. All right, great. Pick up eight dice. All I got to roll is fours or less, right? Four sixes and a five. Oof. So half the, oh, the whole back rank step goes away. So they were like lining up to do a flank charge. I'm like, oh no, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta regrow. They gotta go, and and he would, I just, I couldn't get it off. I could not get off the magic to regrow them for the rest of the game. Uh, my bats kept just harassing and chasing around his guy on the Sladesh steed, and um, basically what winds up happening is I run into his corn uh, knights with my vampire lord and the ghouls. I win the combat, I break them, they run. I don't catch them, but they fail their test on the next turn and run off the board. Ouch. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I charged the ogres with my uh, Vargeists, and they didn't They didn't do... They didn't do too much? They, they didn't bounced? do very well, yeah. Or they crumbled, I guess? Yeah. Um, and then uh, I had gotten... After uh, they ran off the board, I had flipped around my... Uh, 
my ghouls with my vampire lord, charged it into the second block of warriors, chopped them up and ran them down. Nice. At the end of turn four, my ghouls were about to run into his block of ogres. I was just ignoring his two characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, he reached over, shook my hands, and said, we're done. He's like, I got six ogres. He was, and if you can kill two blocks of 20 <laughs> chaos warriors with that vampire... These six ogres got nothing. So there you go. <laughs> Aggressive VC. How did you, how'd you like it? Oh, God. It was, it was really fun. Uh, it was how I used to play it. When, back with the old book, I played it really aggressive. And ever since the new book came out, I've just been playing, you know, level four Necromancer because it's not as expensive. Right. And I just forgot how, God bless it, good a totally tricked out Vampire Lord is. So it went quick. I mean, Dennis played a good game, and we both and we both had little troubles here and there. He had a couple of magic phases that were like two dice and three dice magic phases. Plus, he had Slanesh, and two of the spells he rolled up were like, oh, fear checks and stuff like that. And, right, doesn't um, apply. So he basically had no magic really against me. So hmm. that's that was that whole game in a nutshell. Cool. What about you, Jake? How'd your first game go? So game one, Battleline, I played against uh, the handsome man, Grand Fighter. Oh, Handsome man himself. Yeah, he was uh, he was running Skaven at the event, so he was running a level four Gracie. I think it was four uh, plague spells, but I can't remember for sure. BSB. He had an engineer with a doom rocket. He's running the furnace um, with with the plague monks. Two units of slaves, uh, black of storm vermin, uh, unit of gutter runners. I think eight of them. Uh, hell pit, and then he had two warp lightning cannons. Yeah, so, so all the toys. Yeah, so going in, going into the entire event, I was worried about playing Skaven. I was worried about playing Vampire Council. It's tough for my Bretonians to beat. Um, and of course, That'd I draw terrible. Grant Rommel, and Grant's a very good player. Hmm. So, um, so we do battle, and I think I out deployed him. I kind of got it set up where my Lord was a card. I had my Peg Knight set up to take out one of the Warp Lightning Cannons. Um, and the big thing for me is I got the Furnace in a position where it wouldn't be able to get to my Knights really quickly. Because those unbreakable things, once they get into me, I'm gonna lose that entire unit of knights. Yeah. So, um, so into turn one, I um, I'm running my peg knights up the right flank at the warp lightning cannon. Um, I drop a comment on his other warp lightning cannon. And I got my lord pressing on his hell pit. I was surprised that Grant didn't press on me as hard as he did. He kind of sat back, which I was surprised by. I think he might have thought his uh, warp lightning cannons would outshoot my trebs, mm-hmm. but that wasn't necessarily the case. The trebs are just beat, beaten up on that uh, furnace mm. on turn one. Um, and then the big thing that happened, I guess, was the comet never came down that I cast on turn one. So by, by the end of the game, it was sitting on top of that warp lightning cannon. It had like six markers on oh. it. <laughs> um, and it never I ended up taking, taking out the other one, and I had his furnace down to one wound left with no priest on it um so i just kept trebbing it and i trebbed it i actually direct hit it four times two of them i rolled a one to wound the other two times i rolled a three to wound and a two to wound so it's down to one wound and i had my archers there and my archers shot it and did one wound on the last turn and he hit the four up armor on it oh man so it ended up coming down that it was a draw in the end um i took out a warp lightning cannon his gutter runners and something else small, I'm not quite sure. And then he took out a unit of bowmen and my mounted yeoman. So we, we unfortunately only got through three turns. Um, I would have liked to play it out for sure, but uh, maybe I'll get a rematch in against him sometime, some uh, grudge match. Definitely, yeah. We'll Friday to... night at Bits. Or, well, at the yeah. very least, a club yeah, rematch. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, no kidding. 
So uh, how'd your game go, Chris? Well, I played um, Don Michael, the renowned ogre player here in the Midwest. Yeah. Very experienced guy. I mean, this guy is like a surgeon when he plays his game. So he was running uh, ogres. He had two units of Mornfang, three and four. Only one Iron Blaster. Uh, three Saber Tusks. U- big unit of Iron Guts. Uh, unit of Noblars. You don't really see that often. Okay. Uh, Butcher, level four on death. Uh, BSB with the Hellheart. And I want to say that's it. So really, this game was all about the chaff. You know, we tried to out-deploy each other. He deployed on one end. I deployed on the opposite end. And basically, this game... This game uh, came down to him taking out my chaff before I could take his out. Okay. And he, therefore, dictated where and what I could charge. So, basically, I didn't really get to charge too much of anything to my liking that game, where he has, he got the charge, a key charge, on his unit of Mordfang into my uh, Hile Spearman with the Archmage. Oh. And that's never a good matchup. So, And it was a charge, frankly, that I have to admit that I didn't see because it was so far away, and he had to do... Um, a big wheel to come around a unit to, to, to manage to get in. Oh, okay. And uh, that one caught me by surprise. So well played on his part. And he ended up winning that game. And again, I think uh, he just won that chaff battle, either by killing eagles uh, with lore of death or charging um, eagles or, um, yeah, iron, blaster, iron blasting an eagle or two. All right. So he played that one well. So lost to me in round one. And then yeah, Harrison... Not- Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were really tough Tom. player. He's a, he was he was probably our ringer coming into the event. He's a he's a good player for sure. Yeah, he didn't make any mistakes in that game. Yeah, and that's exactly how he plays. He's he's very precise. He sees all the angles. He makes sure he's not making any mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he, and he runs a tough list, so he's tough to beat. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Harrison. Um, who was the dwarf player, Jake? I don't have his name in front of me. Chris Walker. Uh, that was Chris Walker. Oh, that was Chris Walker. Okay. Yep. Okay, so I played Chris Walker. He had basically uh, two organ guns, a cannon, an anvil with a rune lord. That was probably not the best choice in this game. Uh, and uh, Oh, look but, at Harrison getting all critical yeah. of other people's <laughs> lists and crap. Just stick to the list, boy. <laughs> A bunch of thunderers, quarrelers, which he stuck in the building. Erg. And and a block of and a uh, hammers. Hammers, yes. Yeah. So basically, how this played out was, uh, he his first thing that he did was made sure that the Morvang had half movement. That was not good for me okay. at all. So then I basically just pushed my army forward and. Uh, I normally I would take the cannon off the board before the before the organ guns, but he hid his cannon so he couldn't see anything and I couldn't see it. So I just took out the organ guns and I swooped my Mornfang uh, through um, the side. My iron guts were all but there's only one left at the end because they just kept running and then regrouping and they kept being shot, but they did live. Okay. So then my uh, bulls and my uh, Mordenfang just basically came in and sw- and took out the hammers and the thunders and all the artillery. And then there was just the anvil and the corridors left. And I made sure that I didn't uh, charge. I uh, basically, par- the part that won me the game was me... I was about to charge my one Mornfang into 
block of about 15 quarrelers in a building. And that event, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a bad idea. So that's not a good idea. So I just held them back, and if um, and if I didn't come to that conclusion, I would have lost six by 600 points. But I was not able to kill the uh, anvil because it's just indestructible. So hardly, but <laughs> well, apparently ogres can't kill an anvil. Okay, so you, but how did the game wind up? How did it end up? Did you win? I won. By about 115 points. Close. Wait, that unit of Mornfang was 700 points? About 600. Oh, okay. Is it four Mornfang? Four. That's not 600 Is points. Is that bad money? No. You would have oh. lost, but not by as much as you're saying. Oh. I think you're exaggerating no. a little no. bit. No, no, no. <laughs> if I would have lost four Mornfang, I would have lost by 5,000 points. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some special Mornfang. Those are gold-plated Mornfang. <laughs> but so you did wind up winning. Yes. Nice. Now, I'm going to say this. Now, let's just get this out in... Let's Mr. 3-0? Yeah. <laughs> no, shut up Harrison. <laughs> Look at you, little son of a... <laughs> no, I'm going to put this out there. Is Honestly, now, Harrison and I both had this conversation the night before because we wanted to... Pra- you know, it was like, we should get in a practice game. I should practice a little with my VC list. You've only played one game with your ogres. And Harrison's like, Dad... I'm kind of tired. And honestly, three games is a lot for Harrison. He he had a headache by the end of the it's day. a lot for it's, me. It, yeah. And it's just it's it's a little stressful for him, and it's a little bit much. And so we had this whole discussion. I can take three days, so not three days in a turn, uh, three, three games in, in a tournament. In, in one day, right. And so we, we basically looked, and we were like, you know, Jake, Dennis, Dom, these are all guys who go to tournaments all the time. So I look at Harrison and go, Harrison, there's a good chance you and I are both going to go 0-3. I go, our plan is go in there, play your best, and after every game we'll get together and talk about what we learned so we could play a better game the next round. Now, that was the plan. <laughs> right. We're going up against against the, these tournament guys with, tournament with, regulars. with, with, Papa, with the veterans. Papa Fluff and, and, and the Phoenix Prince over here. And make no mistake. And we both weak. walked away with wins in our first game. We were just like, we were high five and we were outside doing a little dance. We're like, yeah. Just, Jake, just to let you know, smack Standing. talk aside and everything, we, we had no illusions that NW2 was going into this thing as the clear underdogs. Yeah. You did not think you were the clear underdogs. Oh, we thought. We no, knew. no, we, we knew. You yeah. did think yeah. you were. Yeah. Yeah. We, had, we had a guy who's played five games of fantasy. Right. We had yes. Harrison, who's good, but honestly, you know, he's a younger player and I knew by the third game he'd be tired. We have Mr. Compulsive Bet Heavy to Win Heavy, which you'll see in Game 3. <laughs> and uh, we, and then, you know, we've got Grant Chris. So we had, we had three really strong players and three players who were questionable. Casual or, yeah. or younger. And then, I mean, you guys are all yeah, really... Yeah, but, but who ended up carrying you on the day? <laughs> well, well, we that would be the Phoenix Prince. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> so you never know. Right? Uh, yeah, any given Sunday, right? There you go. So... <laughs> All right, so uh, we finished up that match. Now that one actually wound up being, um, I think it was uh, there was the draw between you and Grant, right? You and Grant had a draw, right, Jake? Yeah, we had a draw. Harrison and I won. I lost. So you, I think IWFB was winning three games three to, to two because the draws right, were just yep. off to the side. So we we took a break for lunch. We went to Portillo's. Mm-hmm. Doing our little happy dance And I in actually there. looked around for a table that was big enough for everybody, and people were starting to move, and I was going to start shuffling tables. And then I looked over, and half of uh, IWFP was already seated at their table. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just go get us a table over <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's then. funny, because I, I got my food later, and I went over, and, and he I was going to sit down sit- next to Jake, and they all like stopped eating and looked up at me like, you know, <laughs> you know, you're, you're kind of not allowed here. <laughs> 
So and we didn't we didn't mean it to be that way, but it did kind of turn into a pretty funny joke. So, uh, yeah. What, especially but, when we did that one time where we just counted down, we all turned over and glared at you. Yeah, I don't even think they noticed Harrison. <laughs> it was still fun. But, we were uh, too focused uh, talking strategy. Oh. I figured. See, we were just eating. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. <laughs> we were that's, serious. Just, that's what I was thinking. But so uh, we go in for round two. Um, and we sort of, the only we did talk a little strategy at lunch. We kind of talked it because we knew we were going to get the first pick. Like whoever you drew out of the bag. Who would we match up with that person? So we kind of said, okay, if they draw this person, who are we going to put against them? If they draw this person, who will we put? Um, so then we went back and, uh, what was, oh, the scenario was the diagonal deployment one. Roll to yep. see. Meeting and on engagement. A, yeah. Meeting engagement. If uh, on a one, the guy's not on the board yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that was the deployment. Your guys' first draw was Dom. Yep. And, uh, and so we, we, we offered up Alex. We offered up Alex. So it was Ringer against Ringer. In that yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that was a good matchup. And I think that game ended up being a draw in the end. It was a draw. They, they were the last ones to finish. So we had a couple of spectators watching at the end, and it was a bloody game. They pretty much, at the end, I think they each had, I mean, Don was running Ogre, so he had like three Ogres on the board, mm-hmm. and Alex had one, one unit half beaten down with his caster. Jeez, and that's it, huh? Yeah, and it ended up being a draw. They did nothing nice to each other. <laughs> Well, those are the best games. I mean, it is, it is Warhammer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So. All right, so before we do our, our round two games, let's take a quick break. Yeah. And then we'll come back with round two, and we'll hear how it went. You've heard him on the show. You've seen his work on our website. He's Brian Steele, owner of Urza's Den. That's right, folks, Urza'sDen.com. Custom modeling, sculpting, and painting. You got a model you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You got an army you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You can't come up with an idea for a conversion? Give his ideas a try. Heck, you got an army list with models they don't even make? Brian's the man. Give him a call. Check him out at Urza'sDen.com. You won't be sorry. All right, and we're back. Welcome back. Back to the garage. Back to Civil War coverage. Yeah. So at the moment, we are behind NW who... Only had NW two, <laughs> and they had three. So there IWFD we were going. I had three. three. They had the three. So um, Harrison uh, wound up drawing Dennis. Yeah. So I beat Dennis, and then he got he drew Harrison, and he's like, "Oh great, I'm going for." And I, apparently, Dennis had said he does have trouble playing against vampires. Hmm. So like he that was one of the armies That's that his he, bogey army. Yeah. Hmm. So but now and he's like, "Great, now I'm going up against ogres." <laughs> So then, uh, Harrison, what happened in your next game? Well, basically everything of Dennis's came on, and then my Iron Guts and my Mornfang did not come on the board. That was really bad. Not too big of a setback, but... Oh, Mornfang can move pretty quick, so it's not too bad. Yeah, but Iron Guts can move not. Well, <laughs> so so what happened? So they came, uh, when they came in, they just uh, kind of just went and... Ran as fast as they could to catch up with the army. You you pushed them forward, okay? So did you guys meet in the middle and chop it up? Yes. Nice. 
And how'd that uh, wind up? Who a, chopped up more? Uh, that would be me. So what wound up happening? What did, how much did you lose? I mean, it, 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 you know, it's it's it, we already said Dennis's list. It's two blocks of words and a block of ogres. It's all, I mean, there's no shooting. And it's, he didn't have any cavalry or anything? No, he had two blocks of warriors wow. and a block of ogres, and then he had those three characters, the BSB, the level two uh, Zinch, and the level four Slanesh. I think I lost I lost both my uh, saber cats and both my iron blasters by the end. They okay. were magicked off the table. Okay, they got magicked off. And then my Mornfang were just drawn away because he just kept putting this little, I forget what spell it is, but it dropped. You have to go as fast as you can towards that uh, mod- towards that uh, oh, centerpiece. Oh, yeah, pick a point on the board, and they, they have to move towards it as fast as they can. Oh, is that like Siren Song? It's something it's like that. It's a Slanesh spell. It's a Slanesh spell. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool spell, actually. It's like pick a spot within here, and that unit has to go, and they can't do anything until they get to that spot. Oh, look, it's a great maw. So, uh, yeah, any spell where you can control movement like that, it's pretty yeah, huge. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It pro- it would probably be better against something like Skaven. Oh yeah, I want your unit with the plague for us to go that way. So then, what wound up having so? We basically just got in the middle and just tore each other apart. So in the end, I won okay. by a lot. Well, so there was no I, critical moment. It just yeah, sounds like where where was no, there just, You just no, won the war kept, of attrition. No, we just kept blowing ourselves up with magic. Nice. And somehow okay. we didn't die. Actually, one oh. of his wizards died. Would you the keep your irresistible forcing? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Yeah. And then I turned around after I heard Harrison said he won, and I just, I kind of was mean. I kind of grabbed Gunia from behind and grabbed like, You got beat by both the White Tech boys. <laughs> 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 Did a few rude, uh, rude body gestures at him from behind and told him that he was hurt by both White Tech boys, and then apologized for being so rude, but he took it, he took it rather well. He's he's a champ, and it was. I mean, he's a great guy. Yeah, and uh, I I couldn't. I was I was shocked. There was Harrison's got Harrison's two and zero. Oh. He was in a roll. Yeah, at this come, point, he was carrying our team. Yeah, yeah, tearing us up. Yeah. I also saw at the end of the at the end of the game, I was the only person um, at the end of the round who went two and zero. Oh. Yeah, at that point, everybody had had a loss mm-hmm. at somewhere, which kind of gives a hint at least or a, draw, yeah. or a draw. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, why don't you tell your game? Because I wound up playing Jake the next round, so we can go over our oh, game. Oh, I next. see. Yeah, gotcha. so, okay. So I played good. Joe Pecoraro. Is that, am I pronouncing that right? I'm not sure. We'll <laughs> go with that. <laughs> we'll called Joe. Uh, he was playing Lizardmen, which for me and my high elves is my bogey army. So I knew I was in for it this game. He was running uh, a Slan Lore of Life. He had uh, two blocks of infantry, one of which was uh, Temple Guard. Um, he had a whole bunch of skinks. I want to say three units of skinks. One unit of chameleons, one unit of pterodons, and two units of salamanders. One with uh, a single salamander and one with two. So this game was uh, kind of tricky. Again, it was uh, a battle of chaff. And uh, me with only the four eagles, toughness four, no armor, are going to be very vulnerable to all this poison shooting. Skinks. Yeah, don't like them. Um, he pressed hard on one flank. Uh, breaking a unit of archers. and You know, I forgot that those uh, pterodons, they fly over and drop those rocks. Steve Luckman used right. to do that to me all the time, so I should know better. But he, he did that, panicked a unit of archers. I had to pull the eagles over to deal with that flank and charge them in. Uh, and I, the two eagles managed to clear up quite a bit of his chaff, so things were looking pretty good for me until my level four... Oh, that's not a good time. Yeah, until my level four miscast, even with Throne of Vines... 
and proceeded to lose two levels of magic. Oh, man. Yeah, so oh. I'm already on the back foot going up against the slon. So uh, now what it's even spells more did so. you lose? Uh, what did I lose? What's it matter? <laughs> you lost uh, a couple. Throne of Vines I lost. And, oh. Uh, uh, please don't the Stone was the other one. Ooh, man, yeah, I so love that, Toughness 7 Elves. That hurts. Yeah, that's that's your little combo right, right. there. So, toughness 7. So at this point, I, think, oh, I thought, okay, I, I need to back off. Maybe I'm up uh, ahead and chaff a little bit to, to win the game. But he managed to poison shoot a unit of my white lions into oblivion, and that's like a 300 and some odd point unit, so I couldn't recover from that. So he ended up winning that game. Um, well played to Joe. So you want to be an O and yeah, O and I'm, two? I'm in the doldrums. <laughs> Uh, okay, and wow, then, you're weighing us down here. I know. And then I got to play Jake, and even though I looked forward to playing Jake, I did not look forward to facing his Bretts because high armor, and if they get that charge, tons of attacks, and just I don't. I mean, my vampire's good, and my black knights can be good, but everything else is just going to be like you know, slapping and dying. It's a matter of how much of you a are tickle is bite. Dying. Exactly. Yeah. I was, I was a bit worried end. about this matchup as well because vampire counts or anything that doesn't I, that I can't break demons or tomb kings or vampire counts are generally tough for me. But as you mentioned in your your list, you brought more of an offensive list, yep. which meant smaller units. Um, you didn't have the big tar pits. So with that in mind, it was a much better matchup for me than a lot of other vampire count lists. Yep. So how did this one shake out? Well, when we deployed, uh, my black knights started off the board. His level four and his general started off the board. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, turn one. So that's preventing you from moving up and being aggressive right away. Yep. Yeah, so I, I, I was really worried about that. As Bretonians, I always go second. Um, meeting engagement's a tough scenario for me. If I have to deploy first, it probably is for everybody. I was lucky that I got to deploy second. But that first magic phase, I was really worried about with my level four being off the board. Yeah, yeah I did manage to get off of Van Hells and grow a little bit. Um, yep. And then, God bless America, here we go. I move my guys up. I get them Van Hells, so they move up really close now. And I'm looking at the board, and there's this damn building in the way, so I can't get a charge off on his uh, one set of knights. I don't, I forget which type of knight they were. Uh, uh, the realm, yeah. The knights of the realm. So I'm like, you know what? I got this magical vortex. I, I rolled up the magical vortex, but I've mm-hmm. never used it. Like of the no armor save. Yeah, each model takes yep. a wound. D three wind of death. Yeah, it's D it's D six or D three whatever wounds uh, for D three hits per rank for rank. Oh, so, that's perfect. And for he's got, yeah, Ooh, you're three and he's got like four minutes. ranks. I'm like, oh, okay, Juicy. here it comes. So I roll it up. I pick up my dice. <laughs> Irresistible force. I'm like, this thing's coming through. Now I got him. I roll it, pick up that, uh, that I need, you know, I pick up the artillery dice. Mm-hmm. It's three, movement, three times artillery dice. <laughs> Two. Ugh. They didn't even get halfway to those guns. Yeah. <laughs> so it does nothing. Fizzled. So then I got to roll, and I have the, 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 the strength 10 big old template explosion. Template. And it oh. kills off 15 of my 30 or my 40 ghouls. So I lose almost half my unit. Alex is and, shaking his head and in the shame. Tem- and, and the template basically fizzles and, and rolls forward about three inches right. and stops. So I can't even move forward now because this thing's uh. in the way. So that was sort of almost the beginning of the end because my vampire is in a unit now that can't take a really big hit because mm-hmm. they've dropped. And... Uh, 
Yeah, but at least he didn't get sucked on the warp. Well, it could have been worse. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I've managed to avoid <laughs> dimensional cascading quite a bit after that long string of them. You're not living yep. up to your namesake. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I still help, I still hold the record. I Al- think Alex yeah, is shaking his head in shame. Well, I miscast can happen to any, anybody. Yeah, Jake, you heard of my record. I, I have heard of your. Record, I played yes. dwarves forever. I never it's even had to roll for magic. <laughs> I get my first eight miscasts I ever Apparently did the with my chaos VC. Didn't like you. All of them, I got sucked into the warp. That's we figured out the odds are something like one in nineteen hundred that you could do that. It's just stupid. You could just say the odds are David Whitehuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm one in nineteen hundred. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, apparently, the gods of chaos did not appreciate that you didn't have to roll for magic at all. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, Jake, while this is happening, what are your trebs targeting in David's list? So my turn one, normally when I play vampires, my goal is to pop the Vampire Lord's unit. Hmm. Um, team event and going out to lunch in between, Dennis was sitting next to me and he told me all about this Vampire Lord. Um, hmm. So in this game, <laughs> I decided that I did not want to fight that guy at all because even Tisky with cheaters. good armor and great ward saves, he's going to tear through my knights real fast. Yeah, he's a combat beast. Yeah, he was good. I liked him. I, I kind of wanted to isolate that unit. So I was trebbing uh, zombies. It was a pretty weird mm. target choice, but mm. those were the only other tar pit units that could really hold me up. The, oh, I guess I threw one treb at the Black Knights and missed. Uh, um, yep. The Black Knights, since they started off the board, were back a little bit, so they weren't as threatening right away, mm-hmm. especially when uh, Dave had Van held on top of one, so he was really right up on me um, on my first turn. Mm. So, uh, so I trebbed. A zombie unit, and I threw one at the Black Knights, but missed. Okay. Um, so, and then starting with my Lord, he, the thing is, this like building was in, this building was in like this quarter of the board. Yep. And his guys were sort of on either side of it, and I threw the I threw the template, and which basically blocked off my getting to one side. So I had to try to shuffle everything to the left to kind of get around to go the other way. And I had basically my whole army was blocked up on itself, hmm. and Jake, Jake totally. I, I I had I didn't have many good choices to make, hmm. and Jake totally took advantage. Knew exactly what he was going to do, and it was like surgery. He was just wiping things out left and right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Turn one, it was getting rid of his chaff, his, all of his fell bats, and his spirit host. And then after that, and especially when he got nervous about his vampires, like. Uh, Units. It, everything went wrong. I mean, seriously, by the bottom of turn four, I pretty much had my vampires unit yeah. with, like, the 20 ghouls, and he still had two units of knights. Right. I, I reached over the board, and I did exactly what Gunia did with me. I shook his hands like, you sure you're done? I'm like, I got one unit left, and it's he's like, well, it's the vampire, and he's tough. And I'm like, nah, nah, <laughs> let, you know. <laughs> Jake's just thinking, please, I want to charge that unit. Oh, God, I want to charge it. No, he, he, he had... He had taken me out pretty handily. It was done. It was a done deal. Well, it so. sounds like you were on the back foot. Similar to my game, that magic kind of bit you at, yeah. a, at a key point. Yeah. I mean, I a couple of dice rolls difference, I think I would have had a better chance. But, I mean, Jake is a, yeah. he, I mean, he's an ace player, and things just, I mean, the charges and things all kind of just mm. really rolled his way. The the, the way my, I, I had positioned my characters when I Van Hells in. I'd moved things into certain positions so that I had a clear shot with this mm-hmm. with this uh with this magic template 
and it just didn't work for you. And and, and yeah. oh yeah, it took out half of my unit and then fizzled forward and did nothing. So it just it was a it was a bad start that just got worse. Right. And things definitely went my way. I mean, after my two lords started off, I think that was the only w- one thing that went against me that game. Everything else kind of panned out how I wanted it to. No yeah. bad dice rolls or anything. Right. So that was round two. So after round two, NW2 is down two games, if I recall. Yeah, we were yep. down two games. It was. So we actually went three two. IWFB uh, won the second round three two and one as well. So it was uh, six to Boston. four mm-hmm. at this yep. point. And so we set up for round three. And round three, what was the uh, round three? Is the roll, and you're either in the left, right, or middle. I forget yep. what the, that's attack. Dawn attack. That's it. Yeah. And um, so we were down two. So who are the two people that you guys chose to offer up? Um, so one of them was Tyler Harshy and his Empire. Mm-hmm. And I, I volunteered to. Take, you wanted to take that matchup. Well, I figured it's a lot of toughness three guys. So with my strength three models, I had at least a decent chance. Plus he has no shooting. And it was yeah, a he lot didn't of have armor. A lot of shooting. Yeah. So. And the other one, I believe, was Chris Walker. Was it? I, it was whoever Grant played at the end. Uh, I played Chris uh, last turn. Grant oh, played. Okay. I think Grant um, played Joe. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Grant, well, you yeah. guys offered Joe, Joe. and Lizardman, and Grant wanted that matchup because I guess he he likes the Skaven versus Lizardman matchup. So that's how that panned out. I just I yeah. just remember that Gunia got teamed up with Alex Nikotenko, and he turned. He goes, "Wait a minute, I'm zero and two, and I have to play, play Alex." <laughs> that, that was probably my favorite part of the whole tournament. <laughs> it's the random yeah, draw. That's how it works. It's always a bad sign. <laughs> so then it was funny because I played Gunia, and then he moved over to play against Harrison. Mm-hmm. And then in round two, I played Jake. And in round three, Jake moved over and played Harrison. Right. Yep. So why don't you two guys talk about your round three game? The sure. Ogres and uh, the Ogres and the, uh, the, Brats. The, the Brats. Yep. So I was actually pretty excited about this matchup. Uh, Harrison was coming in 2-0, the only undefeated not. guy. Um, but I, I thought I had a pretty good shot at beating the, the Ogre list. So we, we rolled up Don Attack. Um, we get our deployments. All of my Obviously, stuff ended up in the middle. Yes, except for your guts. Your iron guts were off on the flank, which I was very happy about because it was the only and thing I had the over there with unit bowmen. Hmm. So, um, so they weren't really threatening me very much. Um, obviously Harrison goes first. You want to talk about your first turn? Well, I forgot what Trebuchets did, and I went in with my bulls and occupied the building in the middle of the board. Not the best idea in the world. And how come? Why is that? Well, if you shoot the treb at the building, not only do I take the treb damage, but I also take the building is falling apart on top of me damage. At least that's what, what I call it. You it's... take you take extra damage because you're in the building and they're shooting a big. Well, heavy how does the stuff. actual rule work? Yeah, what rule is that? It's a so if a template hits a building, um, if the hole's over the building, the unit inside is going to take d6 hits. At the hole. Oh, so, that's right. So it's at the strength of the, the, of the center. Value. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this in this case, it was D6 strength 10 multi-wound hits. And that's D6 multi-wound? Yes. yes. It, every hit is at at the hole. Wow. You can't ask for a better oh, trebu- target than oh, that. Oh, the trebuchet's D3 wounds at the center. Damn. That's when that happened. <laughs> yeah. It's D6 wounds in the center. Yeah. Just like a yeah. uh, uh, rock lava. D6, but it's... Uh, yeah, but it's the... Multiple wounds. Multiple wounds, yeah. D6, yeah. Ugh. Um, so I did direct hit the building. Um, I rolled, I believe I rolled a six for the number of hits. 
and I rolled five wounds, and I ended up killing, like, four bulls out of the unit. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty good. He passed his panic check. Another thing is I charged the Mornfang. The six-inch charge, I failed that, though, on the swift stride. Oof. So I, I shimmied up, like, two inches, um, which which hurt a little bit, for sure. Rarg. Yeah, so uh, so that leads into the top of two. And I... I took my cannons and I um, destroyed the yeoman and I panicked the peg knights off the board because apparently they're not very valiant and brave. Uh, the uh, hang on one sec because the one one shot took out a peg knight and then they jumped off the board because they failed the panic. The other shot actually you shot at my general. Oh yeah, I shot and your then general. Unit. Yeah, Yo. and then and then you look out, sir. Him. Oh no, no, this was the beginning of the. Uh, this was the beginning of the failing your lookouts or streak. Yep. Oh, that's so, not good. So you put a cannonball right through my general, <laughs> and I rolled a one on the lookout, sir, and he wounds. I fail my ward, and he rolls a three plus. I don't know what it was, but he popped my general there. And I was like, Ouch. His general took yeah, a cannonball Yeah, I really leaned on the heroic against Ogre, so that was a big loss for me there. Yeah. So then what happened next? So bottom of two. Um, oh, and, and he did get his bulls out of the, the, the building. Um, yeah, no kidding. Uh-huh. quickly there. His guts, I was just redirecting with my yeoman, mm-hmm. which was working out. You want to talk about top of three, Harrison? Uh, yeah. Um, top of three. I no. Um, I'm Harrison not, doesn't remember. Uh, I don't think Harrison too, remembers that well. Late. We should probably just let's hit the highlights on this one. Okay, so so he iron blasters my BSB with the knights of the realm, and, and I, I roll one again on the lookout, sir. Oh God. Oh my. He hit. I had ten knights in there to start, and he pops the other two knights that he hit. I didn't hit any of my ward saves. Causes a panic check, and I fail that panic check. Ouch. So then my knights of the realm are running away from the middle of the battle, um, and he charged my knights errant with his bull unit. I decided to flee, because I would have taken it in the flank with all of his characters and stuff. And he was one more bull left before he was losing the lookout sirs. So I figured I'd, mm. I'd flee from that. He wasn't going to catch me, and then I'd treb his uh, right. unit. So, um... But so that, he catch you. Yeah, so at the end of that turn, pretty much my whole army was running away. Um, and my trebs just to... went ice cold from there. I, I couldn't hit him at all. Once all my, my knights were running away, I couldn't really get them back in the game. And those iron blasters just kept plucking away night, a few knights every turn. Um, I lost my wards because I had fled. So, You're so a general... I turn five, I conceded there. It was just it was a, it was a tough loss, but uh, mm-hmm. Harrison... 3-0. Harrison nice. goes 3-0. and And since we pointed out earlier, Harrison was the only one who was undefeated at 2-0. and I think it was Gunia who said if this was a single-person tournament, Harrison would have won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. So, Jake, t- Jake, I think your general at BSB were wearing the new uh, cannonball attracting armor. Yeah, I know. I was, I was just... What can you do at that point? I was just shaking my head. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. The missile magnets. Nice. Well, good game. Yeah, it was a fun one. All right, so Chris, you want to cover yours? Sure. I played uh, longtime veteran Chris Walker and his dwarves, and this is the the Anvil Army with the tons of war machines. And let me just go on the record by saying that dwarves for me is such a like blah matchup because I have to I have to do all the work. I feel like I have to go to your side of the table while I'm taking my models off. Wait a minute, you hear up. that siren? I think the wambulance is coming. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get on, on my podium. <laughs> And by the time I get to the Dwarven lines, I'm down to, like, just a handful of models, and then I break and run. So I just thought I, we deployed... come up with a better list, or maybe a tougher well, army listen, against Listen them. to the, how the game played out, Mr. Smarty <laughs> Pants. So I just thought, okay, I'm going to have to 
you know, take the war machines to the face and get up as soon as I can. And the way that we deployed is really weird. Swordmaster's all the way on one side, uh, marched up. Uh, tr I tried to see if I could survive the uh, rifle and crossbow shooting to get into combat, but they couldn't. Those Swordmasters basically didn't do anything all game. Hit in the forest down to one model, so I denied Chris those points. Uh, meanwhile, towards the center, the White Lions just marched forward, taking out one war machine, overrunning, taking out another, then reforms to hit the, um, go after the anvil. Very proud. Yeah. So his anvil, you know, he's rolling this thing you know, to try to get some extra movement and stuff. He rolled a one on two separate occasions with that. Oh. Which I liked. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. Eventually, the White Lions got into combat with the anvil, and that thing is pretty defensive. I, I think it had Oh, a, yeah. As uh, I said, indestructible. Is it a... David, do you know? Is it a one-up armor and like a four-up ward? It's something like that. I never really take it because it's I just... It's style. not fluffy. Yeah. Well, I, I always take the Dwarf Lord on shield, and sure. you can't take that and the Runesmith with the anvil, so right. gotcha. I'm not as well-versed as I should be. So we, we got into combat. Turn one, I did a wound to it. He failed to anvil his... One of his dwarf uh, hammers into my flank. So the second round of combat, I killed it. <laughs> he failed all his armor Jeez. saves and his ward saves. And he was going to, you know, throw a dice across the room. But, you know, he held on to it. But <laughs> And the inside, I was like, yes, serve you right for taking a dirty dwarf and anvil. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, uh, I managed to dwellers one of his other war machines on the other side. So those, war, those dwarf and war machines are expensive. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, but when you ruin them up and stuff, they, yeah. they, 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 they kill you. They they kill you, and they kill you efficiently. Yeah, so my plan of just marching up and taking the hits on the way in panned out. You know, I, I was very lucky in taking that anvil out through combat, but uh, ended up winning that one, salvaging my, my record for the day at one win and two losses. Oh, nice. so you only sort of weighed us down. Only sort of. Uh, yeah. Harrison, maybe, you hopefully you, I'll, you know, you'll be good enough to have me on your team next year. I don't know. I know what a jackal, <laughs> Harrison. There, there's something. There's something known as a sore winner, and that's what I mean. You weren't acting like it that day, but you're acting like it now. Um, okay, so I played against that Empire Army, and uh, I don't have Tyler his list. Archie. Yeah, I, Tyler's. I don't have the list in front of me. Um, he had a unit of of knights. I believe they were Knights of the Realm. Okay. Or not Knights of the Realm, the uh, Demigriffs? Well, he had. Inner Circle. He had, yeah, Knights of the uh. Inner Circle. Like 10 of those, I think. There were two units of Demigriffs. Mm -hmm. uh, the tank. Yep. Uh, a block of uh, swordsmen. Uh, the great swords. And then he had a, a unit of the five, the little. The, the fast, fast cav, cav guys. Yep. So I'm pushing it forward, and here's what happens. This was, you know, we set up our deployment, and I played on the same table all day. I just kept wind up randomly winding up on the same table, and that damn building off on that one corner. Most of his army deploys in the middle, and then the tank is off on the left, uh -huh. kind of by itself behind that building. He's going to move up to flank you with it. Well, no, I just I had my spirit host well, was on like that side. Try so, to yeah, that. I'm like so. I'm trying to move my spirit host up around the edge of the board, around the side of that building, figure I'll throw the spirit host into it and tie it up the sure. whole game. Um, he winds up pivoting the steam tank and moving it forward, and it just moves forward a little bit on the, this one roll. And basically he's got his knights that he backed up because he didn't want me to charge them with the vampire lord. Mm -hmm. So he backed them up a bit, and the steam tank moved forward. So there's like building and... And like an inch away from it is the steam tank right up along the, the, the wall. 
and then an inch away from the steam tank is this unit of knights. I don't want to mess too much with the demigriffs. Um, I charge my black knights into them with everything. and Like, like front to front? Yeah. Just charge into the demigriffs wow. with my vampire, my white king BSB, all these black knights. Uh, vampire... There's like five hits and no wounds. Rubber lance syndrome. Oh, there. it was just it was awful. And you know, then he he kills like two or three black knights, and instead of combat really starts hurting me really bad with that. Like I'm not having lance. fun. But so top of turn two, right? I've moved up. He's kind of moved his guys back position so that he'll get a better chance for a charge. And I'm looking, and he's like, he's going to charge with that steam tank and that unit of knights into my my vampire's unit, and I know that's going to be trouble. So I'm like, you got to bet heavy to win heavy. So I charged my Vargeist into his knights on the one side. I needed, uh, a, they were both 10-inch charges, I think. There's a nine or 9 or 10-inch charges for both of them. So I pick up the two dice, and I roll for the vampire's unit. Boom, 10, in against the knights. He's like, I don't believe it. I pick up two dice, roll for the Vargeists. Seven. Crap. He's like, wait a minute. Those are flyers. They have swift, swift stride. Oh, that's right. Throw a third dice. Boom, 10. They're in. Nice. He's like, I can't believe this. <laughs> So uh, my vampires chop up his knights, mm-hmm. and they break and run, and I don't catch them. I don't roll to go far enough. I move up forward, and I don't realize what I'm doing here. This is why I'm saying I was really lucky in this game. As I, as I move forward to chase them, I take the position they were in right next to his steam tank. So his steam tank cannot pivot to charge my uh, vampire unit because I'm too close. He's stuck between this unit and the building. Uh, meanwhile, I'm trying to get my my spirit host up to that steam tank. He charges it with those five dinky fast cav knights and then manages to make all these five up saves. So I kill like one per round of combat. So like the whole stinking game. Mm. It's them and him. So I cannot get anyone. Um, the demigriffs. I think I wind up finally beating the one unit of demigriffs, if I remember correctly. The second unit had like run my unit of dogs, killed it, and ran off the board. And when they came back in, I threw a spirit host into them. Okay. And they just stayed off in the corner, thank God. Uh, big turning point in this game is I wipe out the knights. I'm, uh, I'm charging his big block of um, the stubborn guys. The, the great sword? Yeah. And so we're in this combat. I charge my, my, my unit of black knights is pretty much destroyed except for the two characters. Uh, or, you know, so I got the, or like this two. So I run them, boom, I run them into the, the, they got this, what's left of the unit into the side of the sword masters. Great swords. Or great swords. Damn it, sorry. I have to edit this. Um, and it looks like I'm going to be able to grind them down. They're stubborn, but I'm doing well. And while I'm sitting there grinding down these, Knights, he managed to turn it around and hit the flank with his steam tank into the into the ghoul. This is like the last turn, right? Okay, he charges up and grinds out like ten of the ghouls. But now he's got flanks and all this sure. static combat res. I wound up losing by five. So I take five ghouls off, and we look and it's 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 this game is so close. Like we know it's going to be close. So I lose five, and I've got the vampire and the BSB. And I'm like, ugh, okay. So the vampire loses his wounds. And then the BSB, and they have five wounds between them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, it's static combat risk five. I got to pull them both off. So we add up all the points, and I've lost by like 100. That's when Alex walks by. This is what you, Alex this goes, is, yeah. hey, 
isn't that your BSB? I'm like, yeah. Don't you lose one less wound in combat for to crumble if your BSB's in the U? Oh. Mm. So I had that one wound left, so my actual loss turned into a win. A, a win draw. by a draw. Oh, it was a draw. A draw. Yeah, a draw. Yeah. Um, it, it, my loss turned into a draw. And that's, that's the question I had. Is it you normally don't run a BSB? Is that why I never run a BSB? <laughs> that's why it was new to you. Uh, I never run one because I never need one. So in that game, it was pivotal. Yeah, but um, and here's what happened. Now, this was a really fun game, and it was a great game. Um, I made other mistakes, like I probably would have had some black knights left in those other two, two or three rounds of combat where I lost one at the end of each round for the static res. I would have never lost that one. Uh, so I should have had a few more knights on the board. Uh, that's more he points. pointed out when we were over at the Ruby Tuesday or whatever the hell it was, yeah. hey, I forgot to totally run my steam gun. He had the steam points off and forgot to blast his steam cannon. Yeah. So he would have actually had more combat res probably so that's anyway. Probably a wash. So, yeah, I mean, things are just going either way. I realized later was that I sh- should have randomized those hit those wounds between the models. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, I your just vampire t- is probably pretty survivable. Well, You're supposed to randomize it? There wasn't enough. There, the characters, there wasn't enough uh, characters. I thought I thought you had to is randomize shooting? it. shooting? Oh, that's right. Unit? It's not shooting. So there's a combat. Uh, no, it's crumble. But for crumble, it goes to the unit first, right. and then to the characters, one unit or one one wound mm-hmm. each should have gone evenly. Right. So what I actually did was I lost the BSB, which had three wounds. I took the BSB off because he was closest to the combat mm-hmm. and left the vampire on. So I just took the three wounds off the BSB and then one off the vampire. When you should be flip-flopping. When I should calculate. be going one, yeah. one, 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 which means the BSB would have lived, right. who was actually worth a lot more points than the vampire because he was the 100 extra points for the BSB. Had I done yeah. that correctly, I, that I might have actually gotten a win. It was, it was, there was a lot of mistakes made right at the end. I think we were both kind of tired, and there was so much going on in the combat. Mm. Uh, and but that's a mistake that you will not, should not. I won't make, make again. again. I won't make it again. And like I said, I felt, like I said, if and I'm going to be 100% honest, that, that game goes one more turn. Because we were at turn five and time was up. Mm. We go to turn six, I lose. Mm. Because he had that steam tank still on the side, drilling the hell out of those ghouls. Well, let's after the the reports are finished, maybe we should touch upon you know time and right if it was a factor. So, so um, like I said, I just I just wanted to say because I I felt bad because at the end we were adding up the list and I totally forgot to add in my banners mm. that he won. So first I thought I won, then he won, then I took the wrong guy off, then it was a draw, right? And so I'm just did- sitting there going. I look like a complete ass. Like, I don't know how to add up a list at the end of the game. <laughs> well, it's a new list. You haven't played it before. I was just, it was, I was tired, and it was so, that, that, it just got so confusing. At the end, I was just like, okay, whatever. I just, well, you know. the point being, in the end, your draw allowed us, if you had lost, our teams would have tied. Right. It wound up being eight wins to seven wins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The last round, uh, that, you guys, NW2, took uh, four wins and a draw and only one loss. Yeah. It, who would have thought that we'd be able to – I didn't think – I thought we were cooked going into round three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Six to four, we thought we'd had it. Yeah. And everybody just – I mean, these are some really down. great games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I Our team had a lot of fun, Jake. I, I hope your your team did too. Oh, we had a, we had a blast. I think, I think the setup was a, a good setup. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, having that close of a match – 
round three, and the games that are ending on round three could swing the entire challenge either way. Yeah. Um, really made it for a fun event and fun day. Yeah, honestly, it really if it would have been eight to the to last dice rolls, yeah, it came down to the last dice rolls. If it would have been eight to seven the other way, I would have been just as satisfied. Agreed. You know, because it it was six I to two. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying it was six to four. I mean, and I honestly, we had to make up all those wins, and we were thinking it was going to wind up being something like ten to six, and it was going to be really heavy on their side. We really looked at it saying, "Ugh, this is going to be. Mm. We're really going to get pummeled," and we we just. We pulled off something that kind of surprised us all. Now, how do you think that mechanic of the trailing team being able to choose a matchup, how well do you think that worked? I don't know if it really helped a ton at all. Like, So you guys picked three matchups, mm-hmm. and round two it was we threw up Dom, and then you guys get the pick, and you picked Alex, which I think was a good pick, yep. um, and they ended up drawing. Yep. Um, and then round three, you got to pick two matches, but I want to say the one of the two that you picked was you guys actually lost. Well, I know Grant beat the Grant with a scaven beat our Lizardman player, and I and drew David. So really you drew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so out of the picked matchups, you guys got a win and two draws. Right. So I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's not, not, a, bad. not bad. I mean we wound up plus one on that, I suppose. But uh, the real thing is uh, lining up your ringer against our ringer, and they ended up drawing. So if yeah, they get so matched guess, up with anyone else, that could you know be a win loss difference of one more. Yeah, when you yeah. drew Dom, we were just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that would that, that <laughs> we could see decision. Yeah. But man, I mean, it was it was a ton of fun. I had a great time. Now Alex um, suggested we get a trophy. Well, Alex actually bought the trophy, and Alex and 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 bought one. Um, so we've got that until next year. That's actually in Harrison's room. The team gave it to Harrison since. Well, he won the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the MVP. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, but um, I really, I really had a blast. I had a great time. Got even to play though, people I never get to even play. Even though after that, I just wanted to go to Ruby Tuesday and have a coke because my head was killing me. Oh, he's like, me. I got a headache. Can <laughs> I just have something with caffeine? And he felt he was like sleeping in the car on the way home. He put his headphones in, closed his eyes. Well, you worked hard. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. three three games is, is rough on anyone. So yeah, especially that's a long day. tournament players, especially a new army that you're trying to get your head around. But um, yeah, it's so, tough winning all your games, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, we we actually tough. to your point, Jake. We actually also set up a kind of a hidden uh, forum thread to talk about yeah, our list and everything. So I figured you guys <laughs> were doing the same too. Yep, yep. So yeah, we did yep. a lot of. Uh, oh, that's true. Jake runs his own forum, and I run a yeah. Ours, yeah. So we both. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's a private forum. I actually screwed it up, and Grant was like, "Is anybody else's forum garage hammer forum screwed up?" Because when I went in, I I set you all up as you know NW two as a group. Oh, he could see the secret thread, but nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I clicked on that so he could only nice. see that. He's like, I lost the whole forum. I'm like, whoops, click. <laughs> he actually went on to IFB to do some uh, intelligence gathering. I'm like, I yeah. know they've set up a thread here, but I, I couldn't find it. So I figured you guys set up a secret well, one. Same thing yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. A double secret one. Yeah. Hey, hey, you're the, you're the computer guy. You could have figured out a way. Well, to I, get I, in. I, I'm as a visitor. There's only so much I can do. Jake is the admin. So hack he, my forums. You didn't yeah, hack yeah. the forum. Come on. <laughs> so. But, uh, but yeah, um, I guess, I mean, going into the event and kind of how it was laid out and stuff, we didn't really have any concerns with the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions that the guys had were, why was it 2K? 
versus mm. I guess normally we'll play twenty two hundred or twenty four hundred or maybe even three k. You know, going into it, I would have this. I would raise the same question. I always prefer the the bigger games, but when you look at the the games that didn't finish, and they weren't a lot, but there were certainly a few. Uh, you know, more points would have been that many more people would not have finished or would have gone. Yeah, you know, even even I mean, our turns at about turn four, we called it, but we weren't calling it that much before mm-hmm. time. The only thing I would think if you know next year if we do this, and I think we are, is um, if we can somehow manage extra time per round. Yeah. So the schedule that we set up um, was two hours per round, mm-hmm. and then at two K, and then a um, little bit of little breaks in between. Um, the problem is we did it at the bunker and they don't open until 10 right. and they wouldn't let us in early to get set up and stuff. So we had to get in at 10 set up. So first round was going to start at 11 o'clock. Um, and I tried to set up the schedule so that we'd kind of be done around dinner time. Right. So it wasn't a really long day of events. So I don't know. There was some feedback that came out of that two hour time limit. I know that. Um, but when when we looked across the board, every round, at least four out of the six games finished. I think round two had five out of the six mm-hmm. finish. Yeah. Um, and finished by either there was a concede or you went all six turns. Yeah, true. I, there are you know, a handful of games where, you know, gosh, if I had you know, a round or two, kind of like your last game, David, yeah, another honestly, round or two would have been a round world of swung that I, so, I would have been slaughtered. We'll, we'll see what we can do uh, next year. That, that's the only thing that I would try to... Uh, improve upon, but overall, I think it was a successful event all around. I saw that yeah. 2,000 points was more of like a battle of not just throwing toys at each other, but actually trying to maneuver and figure things and figure yeah. out the problems. Yeah, I, I I think we've all gotten used to playing at 22, 2400. I even like playing up at 3K. I mean, I like having lots of I like having you, lots you don't of have models. to make any hard decisions. You can bring yeah. everything you want. But this was this yep. was a hard. I mean, even Dennis said he goes, "Man, if we would have had 2200, I could have had a couple of units of chaff." He goes, "I just couldn't afford, <laughs> right. you know." Because he did, he had three units and and three characters, and that was it. You know, yeah. Um, it makes it tough to build that list. I mean, my initial list that I set up for this event, um, I had a lot less chaff, and I had another unit at nine knights. And after our playtest day, I switched it because it's it's tough to make those decisions, but two K really forces you to make. Yeah. So I'm curious, Jake, on your side, when you guys had your playtest day and stuff, did you did anyone say like? Oh, I, I got to match up against this person. I, I I think I can really take their army. Was there any talk like that? Um, I don't remember any specific. I know I was talking about how I I was concerned about playing Skaven and concerned about playing vampires, and I happened to play them both. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which is is fine. I mean, both games went went well, so yeah. can't complain. But um, I don't think so. Um, at our practice day, so we practiced at Brian's Brian Hodge, mm-hmm. and Dom was there, and I don't think Dom's really scared of anybody. He, right. Games and then uh, Joe with his lizard men and Joe's he doesn't play in a lot of tournaments mm-hmm. but he does our league all the time and he's active on the forums and he's a very good player and yeah, he runs he, his lizard men well yeah um, he, he plays that that list to a T he plays it yeah. exactly how it needs to be played yeah so I don't think those guys are really scared of anyone or uh, looking for favorable favorable matchups right now I'm just looking forward to I do, the the Chicago Civil War 2013. Yeah, yep. revenge. Get another shot at the title there. Yeah, yeah. so now they're, now they're going to come looking for blood. We're going to have to actually practice, right? Oh yeah, Chris Walker. Uh, after that day, he pulled the Skaven back out. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. Enough with the board, but go back to the Skaven. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, 
he's he's going to be out for blood for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have some uh, new armies in the mix by then. Well, so, goddamn eleven yep. year old, I'm going to get these scaven out. <laughs> 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 oh I man! Like it when people do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Um, that's about it. I think I can't. Any other. Any other closing thoughts on the event, Jake? Anything you want to push or plug or anything like that? You're on the show. Um, not nothing to plug. I just I don't organize too much. I just uh, enjoy what other people, other people's hard work, like blood <laughs> in the sun and stuff. Ah. Um, but no, just I mean, it was a lot of fun. Our team enjoyed it a ton, um, and we're looking forward to next year. Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, Jake, thank you so much for coming on the show and for organizing this with Chris. Hmm. Um, because it wouldn't happen without you two working so hard at it. It really wouldn't have. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. And uh, we'll have you on again sometime soon, probably. Absolutely. All right. Anytime you want to, just let us know. Sounds good. All right, have All a right. good one. Thanks, Jake. Right. And, folks, we'll be back in just a minute. Wisdom of Warhammer from Grimgor Ironhide. I'm gonna stomp them to dust. I'm gonna burn all their cities and towns. I'm gonna roast them up in a big fire. I'm gonna grind their bones and jump up and down on the rest of the bits. And then I'm gonna get really mean. The Wisdom of Warhammer. All right, we are back, and folks, that's it for our show today. That's a wrap, and I'm actually here at the end of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. Actually, that the funniest thing is, seriously, when we just clicked off the mics after the last mm-hmm. segment... I don't even have show clothes in the notes, and yeah. I almost forgot to say we should. Yeah. I almost forgot <laughs> to do that again. I clicked off. Oh, my God. We have to actually close the show this time. So um, thanks for listening. And um, we've had a bunch uh, more reviews on iTunes, and we can always use more. But thank you very much for those who have. Much appreciated, guys. Thank it you. It is much appreciated. And, dude, thanks to everybody who's been donating to Extra Life. Extra Life is Saturday. Uh, this show, it'll be over by the time you guys are listening to this. Um, but I didn't meet, reach my thousand dollar goal, but I've got seven, almost seven fifty. Nice. So, so you're right there. Yeah, we'll be we'll be gaming the hell out of this Saturday. Hopefully, you guys will stop by for a while, and uh, you'll be tweeting. Yeah, folks. Uh, the Garage Hammer store is still open. We are going to very soon have the new shirts with the garage, the big garage logo on the yep. front. Uh, for you guys, we gotta have hoodies, right? Yeah, we gotta have some hoodies yeah. too. Yeah, and um, if we can actually get the logo done up right, we might actually start having some dice. We might have dice cool. eventually for people. I'm really hoping to. Can get we get a going. garage hammer do rag? Oh yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, some do rags. Nice. Yeah, I'll wear them to school. Start gotta get gang. the right colors. Yeah, 
Call them the old white people. Oh, I can't even call them the old white people. You're not. Yeah, don't <laughs> call them the old war gamer people there you or something go. like that. So, uh, that's my students. They'll uh, call me the old white man. So the old white man. Yeah, you're just an old white man. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well. <laughs> well uh, yeah, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. All right. So, um, guys, thanks again for listening. We will be back on November 10th. We're getting close to the end of the year again. Yeah. We're going to have to have our end of the year wrap up mm-hmm. in one of those episodes. Uh, we might do another holiday gift giving episode to the different armies and different things like uh, we oh, did yeah. before. Yeah, that might be, be cool. fun. Well, so, we have to talk about uh, the campaign that you have in the works. Yeah. I've, I've got some ideas. Uh, I really think I'm going to stick to a lot of what was in mm. Blood in the Badlands because. Good material there. It's great material. And the thing is, I had all these lists of notes and ideas and things I wanted to do, and I kind of skimmed Blood in the Badlands, mm. you know, but I never really sat down and just read it. Covered. It's not a cover-to-cover type of read thing. Right. And then as I really sat down and started looking to see what did they do for this, it was like a lot of the stuff I came up with they had already figured out and done. Hmm. So I kind of so wanted did a lot of the legwork for you. Yeah. Well, that would be a good place to draw some inspiration. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've, I have broken off on a few things and come up with my own things. I yeah. think I've got the... Uh, building veteran experience into your Very units. Nice. I think I've got that figured out. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Well, we got that. We have our ongoing campaign. Which we've got to get Game 2 in at some yeah. point, so we got that coming up. So there's a there's a lot of fun... Um, a lot of fun. A lot of hobby gaming. Stuff going on. A lot of hobby gaming coming on. Yeah. I mean, between our two games, just those two games and then the narrative campaign, we're going to have more hobby gaming than you can shake a stick at. Not that you could wave a hammer at. Not that you get much pleasure out of shaking the stick at. It's a magical stick, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm at a loss of words. <laughs> so we should I. end the show. Yes. All right, <laughs> folks. Thanks a lot for listening, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.